it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, it's baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Our time's calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mine. So here we are. I don't have a song. I'm not going to lie. I don't have a song for you this week because, oh my God, that's uh, so many things have happened a lot has happened and I'm just going to get straight into everything. I hope that, you know, you're all well. Um, and let's just, yeah, let's just go into it because there's so much to cover. And if I just, if I'm here just talking anyhow, we won't cover all of the things. So anyway, it's me, Kalechi in the place to be. I've got a guest today. My brother is here, Sadiq. He's here to to chat with you all as well. And this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. Obviously, we know the, the people that definitely deserve straws this week. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. You would have probably seen my post um, on social media by this point. Now, you shouldn't ask me any fucking questions unless you've listened to every single episode before this point, because often I'm finding that when there's a spike in my followers, um, you know, new people arriving, they will start asking me things that I've covered maybe like 50 episodes ago. And as you all know, we're getting closer to my hundredth episode. Aim again. And I don't know um, what I'm going to do to celebrate, probably wear pom-pom shorts to record. I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But Let's get straight into the um, tarot then. Uh, Sadiq, do you want to say hi? Hi, hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> just, try, just trying to get used to this. Hi. <laughs> you have more from me. I've been telling Sadiq to start his own podcast and he was just like, mm, well, no, um, yeah. And I've wanted him to come on for ages, but he's he's here now. And I just feel like, well, we both felt like this is an important subject when we're looking at everything that's happening at the moment it's an important time to have a black man talk about what is happening not just me like yapping on in your ears so you know we've got that energy in the room so like I said tarot for this week then I've done it differently this week um I've picked three piles So you've got pile one, pile two and pile three. I need you to take a deep breath and center yourself and decide on which pile is for you. Pile one, pile two or pile three. All right. So. Well, the way that I've done it is that each pile, there's um, the situation and then there's the advice or like the energy and then the advice for that energy. So. If you picked pile one, just turning it over now, the, this is cute. If you picked pile one, the message is eight of coins. Um, well, you know, the, um, the situation is eight of coins. So you've been working hard. You've really, really 
been working hard and you've been just doing everything that you, is um, required of you. And you've been strategizing, you've been doing so much, like thinking of a future, using this time to kind of get yourself prepared for everything um, that is to come. Um, and at the same time, you feel a bit hopeless as if like, oh, well, you know, I've got all of these plans, but what's going to come of it anyway? Because the card that comes out after is the star in reverse. So you're like, what's going to come of it anyway? You know, I don't know what's going to come of any of this. Something great is going to come out of all of this. Don't ever, don't ever like, um, deny yourself of that. Don't ever forget that fact. Like as, as fucked as everything looks right now, those plans that you've been putting in place will come to fruition. You just have to be open to life kind of moving you around to get you into the right space for this thing to take place. Like, us trying to dictate to nature right now how things should go is just a bit mad. Like, as you can see, just notice what we are and what nature is, you know? Have your plans, definitely, but don't lose hope that, oh, it's not going to come to fruition because of everything that's happening. Like, your plans will come to fruition. You just have to just surrender surrender to life and and just and and be present and see where life is trying to take you because otherwise you're going to miss the cues you're going to miss the cues and you're going to miss you know the advice that you know that your angels are giving you to kind of be like oh here this is where you need to be now do this now do that you're missing that because you're trying to hold on too tightly to your plans and you're thinking well if it's not going to go the way that I have planned it then it's not going to go at all when that isn't the truth sometimes when we plan things I've sometimes thank God that life didn't go the way that you planned it because we, when we plan, we are so myopic and we're so limited in um, the effects of the plans that we make that we really, we have to just deep it. We're selfish when we make our plans because it's about how it benefits us immediately. So we're not taking into account the far reaching effects of the um, things that we want in our lives and how it will affect other people for us to get those things. And the great thing about the universe is that everything is placed so we can have the things that we need as well as other people having the things that they need. So it's not just about us. Yeah. So that's that message for pile one. If you chose pile two, let's see what pile two saying. Nice. The, oh, wow. Okay. Pile two, you're going through some things. Um, pile two, we've got the temperance card. So you've got two major life, I mean, you've got two major arcana cards here. So you've got the temperance card and you've also got the hierophant. So this says to me, and the temperance card, if you know it traditionally, it's an angel that's got one foot in the water, and one foot on the land. And it's kind of similar to the star as well, because they've got one knee on the ground and then, um, um, they're pouring into the water, taking water and pouring it into the water. But when we're looking at pile two, temperance, you've got one foot in the water, one foot on the land. So you are starting to balance out what's happening in your physical realm, as well as what's happening in your emotional realm. You're slowly finding a balance. And that means that you're now looking at the structures around you. And maybe you're looking at your religion and you're looking at other things like belief systems and things that you've just kind of taken um, for granted and structures that you've just taken for granted and you said, oh, well, that's just the way it is. And maybe a father figure even as well. Like, you know, that's just the way these things are. 
or maybe you have a mentor, you have someone that teaches you a lecturer, whatever, you're starting to look at institutions and systems and you're just like, none of this is actually working for me. The more um, equilibrium you begin to strike with your emotional um, life and your, um, your physical life, you're starting to see that when it was off kilter and when you were more focused on your physical life, you didn't clock the ways that you were being disrespected, that your soul was being disrespected. You didn't clock it. You just thought, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. I'm here for a short time. I'm here for a good time. Nah, you need to understand that your soul is always here. There's no time where your soul is concerned. So you're just always here. So you need to make the most of that here-ness, that, that presence. You need to make the most of it and make decisions that will serve your soul for eternity. Not, the, not just the decisions that will serve you now while you have this particular physical body, like, which you are doing, which is what's great. You are doing that now. You are finding that balance. You are like, mm, just because this gives me a thrill doesn't mean it's something that I can just do forever. I need to find that thing that will just give me peace for all of my days. And that means that you are starting to just look at various structures and go, you know what? This isn't working for me anymore. I don't want to do this. And you're starting to plan. You're starting to replan everything. Um, and that's great. And you're supported in that the advice is that you're supported in that. This is something that you should be doing. Um, this is something, you know, how you should be shifting. This makes me look at, look at you, Sadiq, because he's got a beard and he kind of looks mm -hmm. like you, this Hierophant card. Did you choose pile two? Yeah, I did. That's what I went for. Wow. <laughs> That's actually what I went for. Wow. <laughs> look at him. Actually does. <laughs> That's what I wow. There you go. And um, then pile three. Power three is the strength card in reverse. Everyone's got a major arcana card, which I think is wonderful. The strength card in reverse and then um, the queen of cups is the advice. So strength card in reverse, please, please, please don't lose hope. Don't feel dejected. Don't feel powerless. I know that with everything that's happening right now, you might feel like, oh, how does anyone make it through this shit? This is horrendous. How do, what, what do we do from here? How can I make a difference with everything that's happening? I don't think I've got anything to offer. This is all so terrible. You have so much to offer and you need to understand that don't try to fight the lion within you. Because the traditional card deck, we've got the um, we've got a woman opening the lion's mouth and she's doing it with grace and she's doing it with care. Don't fight the lion within you. Don't try to tame the lion within you. So many people, for instance, are coming back to my page now, right? Because of everything that's happening with, um, you know, George Floyd and all the white people are trying to get woke. Um, and so, you know, bad people are now like coming back to my page. Black women, white women, just people all around. Everyone's like now coming back after they unfollowed me, right? Because I'm too angry. Collect, she's so angry. She's always ranting. And now they've come back and I'm just like, fam, the same madness that you didn't like the first time is still here, you know? So why did you come back? But, oh, you've come back now because you're now willing to to express your anger and then you need me to be the, the, the way shower to, to help you to, 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 to give you a safe space to express that anger. And that's why I just think it's so funny about life. Everyone has the most to say, they have so much to say until they need you. Then it's like that very same thing that everyone was writing their threads about kikiing in a WhatsApp group with their friends about, about, you know, not liking how you roll. Suddenly everyone needs the tools that you have. So don't, 
don't like underestimate your tools. Don't just go and dash them away because people have told them told you that it's too sharp. Keep your tools on. I'm not promoting violence. <laughs> 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 you know just quick quickly quickly <laughs> but keep everything sharp and that's not just your physical tools i'm talking about your mental your emotional tools be stay ready so you never have to get ready because the same people that were laughing at you yesterday fam they'll come tomorrow and then they'll now want you to show them the way and be the leader that they've been looking for so don't lose hope don't try to tame that lion in the sense that don't try to quell or repress the things that you feel speak your truth speak your truth and stand by it you said what you motherfucking said yeah and whoever doesn't like it they were never meant to be on your journey at this moment in the first place and give back to yourself show compassion to yourself it's okay to wake up in the morning and be like again a fucking again because sometimes it feels like that like what 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 is all of this that's why the queen of cups is there Give back onto yourself, fill your own cup. Because when you are in your bag, when you are in your emotional, spiritual bag, people get so much from you, but they can only get something when you have given fully to yourself and you have some spare to give to everybody else. So just show yourself compassion, hug yourself. Like those moments that you feel powerless, just remind yourself that there is power in peace. Just keep repeating it to yourself. There is power in peace. Seek the peace first and the power will come thereafter. Yeah, that's what you need to remember. So those are the cards for this week. So I'll just leave that there. I hope that that was helpful to you. And if you like that structure, let me know. And I might just roll it out and just do three piles going forward. Um, because I think it gives you then more autonomy um, with the readings and everything else. So that's that for the tarot. I should probably shout out, um, should I shout out Skillshare? Well, this episode's sponsored by Skillshare anyway, and I'll talk about them after I've done Share Your Magnificence. So I'll jump straight into Share Your Magnificence then. So this week I've got quite, few, I've got so many letters, like you lot wrote in wow you had so much to say and i and i feel you i get it i get it so the first letter uh, is from sarah it says dear kalechi it is an honor to be writing to you and i feel so blessed to have discovered a beautiful powerful black woman such as yourself shout out to my cousin for putting me onto your podcast i've been listening since february and every Monday since. I'm writing today to give a share your magnificence to Demetrius. I'm sorry if I spelt his name wrong. You didn't. From your IG live on Friday, his candidness, honesty and vulnerability moved me to tears. He encapsulated how I was feeling so perfectly. His words reminded me that there is strength and, uh, and an urgency to be honest with yourself. Who are you trying to hide from? other than yourself, if you are not honest with your emotions. Additionally, I would like to give a share your magnificence to you, Kelechi. Oh, thanks, Bab. Um, you've made me cry, laugh, think, and honestly encourage me to be angry in a world that looks down upon black women that do so. I've admired you for so long, but it was Friday's IG Live that really solidified it. Wow. A podcaster wants to do a live with her viewers to ask how we're doing, to check in on us. I felt seen. Sincerely, I appreciate that. Like many others, the events of the past few weeks have shaken me to the core. It stirs up an anxiety within me that I've known like a childhood friend. Since listening to your IG live, I'm going to try to pursue therapy. Though I am a student and I don't have the funds, however, for now, 
I want to be able to have these open conversations with myself through journaling and writing. Again, thank you to Demetrius. God bless you and all of your loved ones. You really are a baby boy. Hold up. I don't know whether I can appoint babyisms or if it's just Kelechi. No, everyone, everyone, everyone can appoint baby boys and girls. Everyone can. And baby non-binaries. Everyone can. Um, thank you. Kelechi for your podcast and I enjoy tuning in every week. I pray for your success, joy and blessings for you and your family. Love, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. And Sarah tried it. She's got a personal blog um, and she says she doesn't want a shout out, but I think that we should um, go and support Sarah's blog as well. So I'll put um, Sarah's uh, blog site in the captions as well so we can go and show Sarah some love because when you are celebrating other people, babes, we've got to celebrate you too. All right, two slaps on your chest and two slaps on Demetrius's chest for just being um babes for being absolute babes um oh the hay fever is a wild thing at the moment so that's the first letter the next letter i got is uh where is it let's see here you can hear the outside because outside never stops i I feel like people don't think lockdown i think they said that lockdown's gonna be done on monday right (laughs) (laughs) go around they don't care anymore everyone's like look fuck that i'm going outside you can't stop me um so i got this letter from she's um, a 44 year old white woman i won't say her name she says miss okafor oh thank you so formal i am a 44 year old white woman and you amongst others i follow on various social media platforms slash podcasts have recently made me more aware of white privilege so i started to read about it I stupidly believe that because I didn't see an issue with someone's race, religion, sexual preferences or disabilities that it meant I was all okay. I didn't realize that the reason I thought it was all okay is because of white privilege. I thought that because I have friends of different colors and cultures, I couldn't possibly be racist. And I know I'm not racist, but I am a product of white privilege. I worry about my sons when they go out with their mates. I worry they may come to harm from their age, um, from others their age some stupid argument that ends with a knife but I don't have to worry about how the police would treat them whether they behaved criminally or not I have the privilege of believing the police are there to protect us unless you're a woman reporting domestic violence in which case the police are shit but that they didn't hurt me they just didn't protect me the way I'd hoped but that's nothing to do with this I worry about my older daughter getting in with the wrong crowd about men taking advantage of her because she looks like a modern day Marilyn Monroe raw skin are you that (laughs) but I don't have to worry about how medical staff will treat her when she's having a smear test or during her pregnancy when that time comes or during birth i have the privilege of being believed um, of believing medical staff will always do their utmost to care for my daughter and keep her safe healthy and comfortable i worry about my younger daughter being bullied at school because she's shy and anxious but i don't have to worry about people bullying her because of the color of her skin or the way her hair grows i have the privilege of knowing that when she succeeds at school teaching staff and her friends will congratulate her not suggest her achievements are in some way handed to her in a, in order to tick a box for some diversity report i wanted to thank you among others for shining a light on this i'm struggling to comprehend what it must be like for bame woman to be pregnant not knowing if she'll get the same pre and postnatal care white woman would get i'm struggling to comprehend how a bame mothers must feel when their teenagers go out with their mates not knowing if they'll become a statistic of knife crime or attacked and persecuted by the police i'm struggling to comprehend why in a world of such 
advancements in technology, medicine and acceptance that there is such a thing as white privilege? Will it ever go away? Will we educate our kids to believe differently? Will it eventually die out? The sickening videos on social media of black men being persecuted and killed, and I say black men because I've only seen a video footage involving black men, no longer shocks me. It saddens me. It enrages me. It frustrates me. It sickens me, but it no longer shocks me because even as a white woman, I can see that this epidemic isn't slowing. It's not dying down or being educated out of existence. I know I'm just beginning my education on this matter and that I have a long way to go. I also know that I will never fully comprehend what life is like for someone who is black or brown because I have white skin and blue eyes and blonde hair skin. And that means I am white privilege. Um, I carry it with me. It's part of who I am because it's all I've ever known. And that saddens me so very much. I hope I can educate my children to understand white privilege a whole lot younger than it came to my attention. And I pray for a different time when it no longer exists. Many thanks for taking the time to read this. I hope you and your family are well, stay safe and well during this shitty pandemic. Thank you. Thank you for that. What do you think of that letter? That was a lot. I mean, yeah, it was... It's good to kind of understand the confusion she went through and kind of like that kind of like realization um, into all of that. I think it's just kind of it's just this reoccurring theme that I see when white people discover racism. It's always like this shock and this kind of like horror, which I guess is needed, but it's just like okay, to ha- yeah. So like, what we like, what where do we really go from here? I mean, it's I, I like how she highlighted. The privilege and you know the ways that she didn't know that she was privileged yeah i think that was really kind of helpful to know but at the same time it's we just kind of want to know what are you going to do with that yeah now that, now that you're aware of this how are you going to how are you going to remedy that how are you going to have conversations with your white friends mm-hmm. you know about it how are you going to have conversations with your minority ethnic friends about it, your black friends and all of these people how are you going to how are you going to navigate that mm. so i think it's all good and well to kind of like realize it but to take action I think it's the biggest thing. I feel like that's the major... Yeah, I think that's the major sticking point for a lot of white people. It's like, some of them think that realisation is the work done. Like, oh, now I realise I've got white privilege. I was watching Dead to Me on Netflix the other day and, and, and the car there's a scene where they're in the car and then the police is about to stop them. And then she was like, they say to each other like, Oh, we're white women will be fine or something. And then the other one goes, well, I'm glad that you are aware of your white privilege and da, 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 da. And then they just move past it. And I'm just thinking, is that it? Is that, right. is that, is that it? You, oh, so you've mentioned it now. Oh, you're all so quirky for saying the white privilege. You're all using the buzzwords, but none of you are actually doing work to move any of this stuff forward because you're aware of white privilege but how many black actresses do you have on dead to me or other shows or other shows like that like you all use the buzzwords but you're not actually casting in a way that shows that you're trying to change any of this stuff so yeah i just thought that that was weird like even with all of these people that have now arrived, for instance, onto my um, Instagram and uh, and my Twitter and stuff, and they've come like, oh, I've come to learn. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but learning isn't isn't nice. You know, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. And there's going to be so many times you, where you get fucking pissed off with me because I'm telling you something that you never, ever wanted to realize. And in that moment, that's when you know if you're really about that learning, because do you send me a passive aggressive DM saying, well, um, not all white, da, 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 or do you just swallow it and be like, you know what? This is for me to go and do my learning and to do away with what makes me so uncomfortable about this situation. Like, Action means you're going to lose a lot of the privilege that you have. Are you really about it? And I think when I, when I listen to, you know, you read out that letter and whatnot, I think for me, it doesn't sound 
like she kind of has any idea on what action she's going to want to take or yeah. anything like that. She's just kind of, like we just said, she just realised this privilege mm. and she's just going about discussing it. And I think for me, it's, I don't know. I think it's it's, it's one thing to, to be able to put your hand up and say, yes, I've realised that this is what has been going on and I'm not happy with it. But at the same time, you know, how are you, pretty much like I said, how are you going to go around changing that? How are you going to go about like opening these conversations? I feel like it's for that, for, for her, this is just the beginning that she doesn't realize that she thinks she's halfway, oh! but she doesn't realize that this is just the beginning. You've, you've, you've gotten white privilege. You understand a little bit about yeah. that, but now let's show you what actual racism in action. Let's show you that, how it works. Let's show you how it affects black people. Cause you know, it's a lot bigger than just white privilege. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the effects of it. So. And I think that that's the maddest thing, like you said, like someone can feel like, oh, well, ticks for me. I, I know white privilege. I'm aware of white privilege now. Not realising that now you've got to unhurt, um, unearth so much. You've got to look at every institution you've ever known, every 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 show that you've ever loved on you know TV, every musician. And you start to literally look at every fabric of your life and be like, rah, mad, 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 mad. I've got to restructure all of this. And there's a grieving and there's a mourning that, needs to do, that you'll need to do because so many things will have to die. You'll have to let go of so many things. And are you ready to do that? And you're going to have to have so many uncomfortable conversations with so many people around you that you're going to lose friends as well. You, 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 there's so much that happens I that... I don't know if she's prepared for that. Exactly. I'm just listening to the letter. I just don't know if she's prepared <laughs> for all of that. Do you get what I mean? Because I remember, I remember growing up and, and you know, doing my reading and realising that like racism is a lot bigger than being called the N-word on the street. Do you yeah. Get I, mean? I remember that, that shock that I had. And that shock hasn't left me. I'm still shocked by it. I'm still confused by it. And I think for, for people, like for white people, they're, they're able to kind of pick up the shock and put it back down. Yeah, oh. And I just feel like, no, actually, if you're with us, you need to be, you need to stay, you need to permanently stay in that state of mm. confusion, of shock, of anger, you know? And I think, I, I, I just, it just doesn't sound like she's prepared for that. I just feel like she's, she's actually, she's 44. She's yeah, she yeah. Is, I mean, she's just, she's going to realise how hard it is. And she's going to be like, you know what, guys? <laughs> I think her kids should just take this one for me and just try and sort it out because she's, she will realise it's that she's been complicit in it for so, for so, for long. so long. You'll end up just being like, you know what, guys, racism is bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. No, it is, yeah, and it's beyond you and it's bigger than you and it's, you know... Because it's not just the videos, you know. One of the things that stuck out to me, and I mean, obviously, big up yourself for like writing in and 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 sharing this and and from what you've learned, and you know, I think that that's great. But what stands out to me is that you're no longer shocked by these videos of um, black men um, being suffering these violences and things like that. I understand that what you say that it's being replaced with is anger and frustration and things like that. But when that shock goes and it's gone a bit too soon, in my opinion, uh-huh. for you, that means that maybe there's a reading that needs to be done. Um, and like you said, yeah, you're seeing videos of um, black men, but black women too, um, um, you know, transgender people um, are, are, are often misgendered in um, a lot of these situations as well. So they go unspoken of and, and so many things happen that, that, that kind of, kind of fly under the radar and you miss those too. The magnitude of this is a lot. Um, the shock should never leave. I think, in fact, even go and watch Fruitvale Station because that one, that oh, that movie was, yeah, yeah. that's the, that haunted me. Yeah, you, but, but there is an entire history that we need to 
you know, be aware of and that you need to be aware of. So it's not just the case of becoming desensitized to this, these images, because I would challenge you, I would challenge you um, as the person that wrote in and say to you, the fact that you're no longer shocked, it's almost like you've, you're desensitized to it, but that's also part of whiteness. And that's also part of a way of, um, a, a framing of black bodies and of black people that a lot of your peers are also not shocked by it anymore because there's a part, um, I, I would say intergenerationally that has accepted that this is what happens to black people's bodies. So you can be angry about it, but the shock isn't there because actually historically, People were going to people were going to picnics under lynchings at lynchings. They were going to watch black people be hanged from trees, and they were eating sandwiches, you know, sitting on their blankets, and that was fine. So, even that, I would suggest you interrogate because it, it, it's way too soon and way too kind of mm, to to not be shocked by it. Is what I would put to you. But thank you for your honesty. Obviously, yeah, that was much appreciated. And, and just even off the back of that, I even think to myself like. And this isn't wanting to make it even more complicated a, a discussion, but it's just like to the white people, what about the George Floyd situation made you made you want to take a stand? Why is it now? Oh, I, 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 I know that sounds quite divisive, but it's just like, why now? Because I think for me, I kind of look at that situation and I'm just like, what shocks me is just the manner in which he died. It, mm. The whole thing doesn't necessarily shock me because I know you, you're, you're prepared for that. But it's just interesting to know that. Like, why is it now that you guys want to really take this hard stance? Why is it now that you want to do all of this research? Because we've had... We've had these things happen, and I, th- I always think about the um, the Armed Dil- Dil- Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they shot him forty-one times. Forty-one. Jesus Christ! And my whole thing is, that I think to myself, wait, if I was, if I was my age back then, and if I was white back then, that is when I would yeah. choose to, to to take a stand. So yeah. why why is it now that you're deciding that? Oh, actually, this is a time. To, this is the time to speak out about this. I just, I just, I just think it's something for the white community to think about why is it this particular event is it that we cause too much of a of a fuss over it this mm. time is it because it's that bad in terms of how how the video looks but i think that's really important to know i think when you when you ask yourself that question why you're choosing this time to, to take a stand i think that will definitely inform you know what your motives are and how and how you really feel about it i i i i really enjoy that i really enjoy that observation and i think to myself that part a possible reason could be that the this pandemic this lockdown people are at home and they're online more than ever so yes so all the other things that have happened before they were out and about they were out and about so they they could just scroll past it or you know so there was life was so busy and there was so much other news that you could quell this news with all of the other news whereas they couldn't get past this one you know because everyone's at home same as the amy cooper and um christian cooper situation in the park like you can't there's so much we 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 as black people have seen so many of these things before i would say i've seen even more horrific things than this and and that the justice has has not been um you know given or whatever i've seen so many but it's because life was moving so people even when you're speaking out about it having these marches bl- white people could ignore it they could they just go about their lives right but this time that you're you're at home and you're online you're online you're online more than ever, they had to see it. And that is what sparked everything. And because everyone is so enraged by the incompetence of the governance that they're receiving, regardless of which country that they live in, it's applicable everywhere. Um, 
People are vexed, people are frustrated. And so they see something like this. And I think that what one thing I'm enjoying really is the anger of black people right now. I'm loving it, I'm yeah, loving it. Yeah. Yes, because I'm just like, yes, we should be angry. All of this one that you guys were doing before about turn your cheek, turn your cheek. No longer let us while out because, right, because this is too much. This is way too, too much. And so, I would say that, that that's what it is. I think that white people have become so used to throwing out one Martin Luther King quote and 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 just misquoting him, misquoting him <laughs> and just like dancing around the whole thing and but we should all love each other. The funny thing about that is that you know Martin Luther King's son was on Twitter. Did you see it? And they're saying, No, your dad would have not wanted this. And I'm just thinking that it's just it's the height. Of Caucasity. Oh my God. You're trying to white explain to me my father's legacy. Oh, you got shot him in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imagine the air fun tree. Oh my God, it's just so... The goal. <laughs> you can't even... I feel like it's, it's, it's so bad because you can't even... I can't put myself in his shoes and think, how would I feel if that's how people were coming at me after talking about... I just can't because it's just... Unimaginable. Even his daughter, Bernice King, she was just like, if, if my dad's name comes out of you lot's mouth one more time, one more time, try it. Right. Try it and see right. what happens. Right, so. Because you're just trying to have these um, ahistorical um, hot takes that nobody fucking asked you for. Shut up. But no one realizes how many, like, just how much rather those hot takes have just kept us down. Mm-hmm. Like we used to, I used to see it in school all the time, like, oh yeah, keep it peaceful and yeah. all of this and all of that. And I just think to myself, like, we should have, we should have fucked shit up twenty years ago. Right, and we this should have, is- we should have. <laughs> We should have. This should have happened, and I, and it, and it's only now that you realize that this is why it hasn't happened. Yeah, you've been you've been suppressed. You've been you've been kept underneath that that whole idea of like you know if you don't protest peacefully, yeah. you won't be heard. But the thing is, people were protesting peacefully. Like I'm I'm looking at videos where it, miraculously piles of bricks have apl- a- appeared yeah. out of nowhere, and you know in these protest sites, like you want for there to be violence, so you have an excuse to shoot and kill these right. black people. So. That is what is scary. Like, actually, the the system is also waging a war. They're like, oh, you want to while out? Well, sure. we've been waiting. Yeah, right. we've been waiting. And, and, and I feel like that's why Trump Trump said it. I mean, I guess in his way, perfectly. Yeah. He said, Waste, you know, when the, when the looting, looting starts, the shooting the starts. Shooting starts. And, and he was... And I think it's so mad how we get onto Trump. And I feel obviously it's right to get onto mm-hmm. him. But Trump represents millions. Yeah. He's representing <laughs> millions yeah. of people. So if we censor Trump, that's good. We can we can, we get rid of Trump. But what what are we going to do about those millions of people? But Trump isn't actually the one in power, and we and we can see this because of look how dumb he is. Like he goes on to give these speeches, and you can see he has no clue. So if we know that Trump has no clue, then who is the person with the clue? That is people, right? because they put him there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I've watched too much scandal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. And you watch those shows, and you realize that they're actually not very far off. No. No, sometimes Shonda was cutting right, right by the bone. She yes. was like right there. there no, it's it, it, he. Trump is not the one in power, and so whoever is, they're like, yeah, you you talk that shit because, and that's why Hillary couldn't be doing this because she might try to like loud it up in a slightly different way. And they're like, no, 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 no. We want someone that would just do what they are being told, and you just have to look at the power of social media trolls and bots as well. Like they were able to sway mm-hmm. this election and do and 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 other elections. They were able to do so they much. Acting like us as well. Yes, blackface. Yeah, planting um, black black Twitter accounts. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's why I'm, when, when I see people arguing with um, these Twitter accounts that claim to be black or whatever, I'm just not engaging nowadays. Like you can, a lot of them, you can see that they're trolls. Like there was Batman. the one, yeah, there was one I saw that was just like, yeah, that was my aunt that was doing, or my sister that was doing that thing. But da, 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 da. like they were clearly trying to incite some kind of like, anger and outrage on black twitter and i was like this is what they're they're doing to us and also be careful of these places that are telling you let's protest or let's do this or let's do that and watch the things that you're also signing with your details petitions and such like because some of them are bogus like these people are mad like they're very very mad and they're trying to find a way to just um to heighten that surveillance but it's a it's an absolute it's an absolute mad thing and we're only on Shay or Magnificence. But thank you for your letter and like honestly, this is the only platform that I'm willing to entertain um, white people's questions. Not in my DMs, not in my Twitter mentions. If you have something that's like burning and you want to, well, if it's burning, go and see the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. <laughs> but if you have a question or a situation you'd like to discuss, definitely write in and if i have the energy to i will address it but no i appreciate that letter from you um four four because i'll call you four four thank you for it's 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 been great to chat about it anyway anyway um i've got to uh big up the sponsors of this show so i'll do that now before we move on to so you mad so the rest of you that um are at home and haven't ended up gallivanting into the streets um this might be for you. Big up the show sponsors for this week, Skillshare. They are doing wonderful, wonderful bits. So basically with Skillshare, um, it offers creative classes designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. It's always the right time to stay inspired, express yourself and connect with a community of millions. So if it's a case of settling your mind because you're really, really anxious right now, you can explore classes that help you to express what you're feeling through creative self-discovery. If you're uncertain about what's next, a creative challenge or productivity class may offer a helpful structure for setting small goals and feeling a fulfilling sense of accomplishment. Um, or maybe even spontaneous acts of creativity may help to break up the routine of your day spent indoors. That's if you are actually staying inside. So you can explore workshops, classes, and more. And they've also got something called a membership with meaning um, because they believe a, a strong community is essential in times of hardship. So you can tap into the support of fellow creatives who provide encouragement, communication and inspiration. You've got drawing, writing and journaling classes and they can be a great way to help manage stress and practice mindfulness and just feel connected to one another. And um, if you find yourself rearranging furniture, you can move with purpose and get inspired with interior design classes. So I have been um, on Skillshare currently learning how to play the guitar. I'm not able to play you anything yet. I've only learned um, to play the chords E minor and A minor. So when I actually can play it with some sense and not sound like somebody that's struggling with life, I'll play you some bits. So that's what I've been doing on Skillshare, learning how to play the guitar. But they've also got some um, other amazing, amazing classes that you can take. I remember mentioning to you before that one of the ones I'll probably end up doing is the iPhone filmmaking, where you can create cinematic video with your phone. And that's taught by Caleb Babcock and Niles Gray from moment so you can do something like that oh my nose and um yeah it's just fun so 
find something that helps you stay creative and and live your best life during these times as much as we can, I guess. So you can explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at skillshare.com forward slash straws. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com forward slash straws. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at skillshare.com forward slash straws. Thank you. Okay, now let's go to share your mag, not share your magnificence. Let's go to so you mad. (laughs) Okay, now, so we're back with um, so you mad. The first thing I wanted to bring up in so you mad was um, the fact that the British Transport Police have said that they are closing the investigation into Belly Mujinga's death. You know, I I mentioned her um, a couple of episodes back, I think it was, um, regarding her dying from coronavirus after a man at London Victoria Station concourse um, spat in her face. Um, a, a, a tr- person that was traveling through the station spat in her face and she died um, soon after leaving her 11 year old daughter behind. And the British Transport Police have said, well, you know, we've investigated and from what we could see on the CCTV, it doesn't look like anyone was really spitting. I don't believe that. And um, they also went and said that the reason that they're closing the investigation, because at first they weren't clear. And so I was on their necks. Um, they said that the reason that um, they ended up closing the investigation was because the man that was suspected of doing it or spitting at Belly Mujinga uh, had been tested by his workplace for coronavirus antibodies. And I think they said that he didn't have any. So um, so they therefore said that he couldn't have been the one to have um, infected her. And I just personally just think it's a bit wild. I just think it's a bit wild and I think it's a bit mad because why didn't you as the British Transport Police, why didn't you give him another test? Like when did they do their test? How is their test still valid? You don't know what happened between them doing the test and now. There are so many reasons why that was just those stupid, stupid response to all of this. And also, even if he wasn't the one that um, uh, she contracted the coronavirus from the guy still spat at her. You can't tell me because you're saying, oh, through extensive inquiries, um, we've decided to shut the case. What? Because you, what didn't you see? So you're saying that the woman lied, right? Is that what you're saying? That she, she, she lied. So you're lying on her after she's dead. They need to release the CCTV. Okay. I think that's what we need. Cause if they're saying that based on the CCTV, they can't see anyone being spat out or spitting release it let's all let's let's be the judge let's all have a look and see because if that you know if you're going to release it and no one was spitting then we should in theory not see anything we shouldn't see anyone spitting at anyone and i think that's where it gets a bit weird like you know you're not wanting to release that information yeah but you're going to tell us that you did all this big investigation and you found out that it was fine she didn't get spat at doesn't add up they're liars they're liars as far as I'm concerned. That's what that's the vibe I definitely get. Like I don't I don't trust it at all. And again, you know, R.I.P. Belly Mujinga. But this it just goes to show again why this country's mad. Because if it was a white woman that got spat at and died of coronavirus, there would I feel like there would be way more investigating done. Someone was in my DMs the other day saying, oh, but meanwhile they're still looking for Madeline McCann. And I <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and I screamed because every year you find money to still keep looking for Madeline McCann when all of us men know what happened to her, right? right. But um, someone does this to a, a black woman and it's just like, well, you know, thoughts and prayers, let's keep it moving. If it was a white woman, they would have done an autopsy. Yeah. They would have They would have literally take, they would have tested her lungs. They would have done, 
And I'll tell you what, that CCTV footage as well would have been in HD quality. Oh! It would have been in HD 4K! You wouldn't have been able to miss a thing. Wow. So there you go. You would have seen each droplet of the sphere. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you know, when it's a black woman, it's 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 whatever, I guess. So I just think it's like disgusting. And so fuck the British Transport Police. Like, I, I don't believe you and you're all liars. Um, so that's that for that's um that subject. And then the next one is Noel Clark. So Noel Clark um was the creator of was it kid adulthood and adulthood as well, right? Yeah, and fatherhood. And, and father it was the, there was the fatherhood. Yeah, he did. He, he did all the hoods. He, yeah, he went Further. <laughs> <laughs> he went further, but that's fine. That's fine. No you know, it, really express okay. yourself and all that. There you go. Wow. I didn't know there was a fatherhood. Wow. Yeah. And also then he's got, also he's got his um, show on Sky, isn't it? Bulletproof. Oh yeah. 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 What, is it, he's a police officer on that one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's that show. So yeah, he's been doing bits. And he's not, been around for a while. Sorry, he's been, yeah. Big him up for that. No clock's been around for a while. Yeah. From when I was very young, mm. I feel like I've known of him and his work. So he should be what about what now? What forty something? I don't know. I'm just making up an age for him. I should probably Google it. But yeah, so um, Noel Clark posted the other day on Twitter, and he said, "And I'll just leave this here. And not one of these actors, and um, one of these other, and not one of these other actors spoke up for me. And the fact that I was not on here, being as well known as most of them." What he's referring to is um, a film that's coming out called uh, Fisherman's Friends, based on a true story. Some bands can't be managed. It's like the log line. So his name is there at the top. You know, when they do those movie posters, his name is there at the top. Um, But when it comes to the pictures, everyone else is in their pictures are there, but he's not there. And he's used an arrow to show you where his body could have easily been fitted in um, on the promo poster. And for some reason that they didn't include him. And obviously the rest of the uh, cast that have been put on the poster are, are all white. And... I'm not surprised, you know, because when it comes to the movie industry, the film industry, TV industry, all of that, like regularly they move mad towards black people. I know that um, there was a a guy that was working on one particular set and um, he had like all of his own equipment. He'd been, um, you know, building up his, uh, you know, CV working on set as part of the crew for a while, only for when it's time for him to get paid, he was getting paid less than one of the apprentices or something there. And obviously the apprentice is white and he's black. And so my friend happened to ask someone that, why is this guy getting paid less than everybody else? They were like, oh, because he hasn't had much experience. And she was like, no, actually, he's had lots of years of experience. Did you not look at his CV? Oh, oh, maybe it's because he doesn't have his own equipment. So we also take that into account. She was like, he brings all of his own equipment to set. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, well, we'll fix that then. But why did you make all of these assumptions? Why did you make all of these assumptions instead of just checking? So it's not just cast that have to deal with the madness. It's also the crew, like all of this. Don't get it twisted. Some of these like TV shows and um, series and films that you see, then they're celebrating the fact that, oh, we've got a black director. We've got a black director in and we've got a black writer in. The higher ups are still white people. And they will still move as mad as they want to move. The directors of photography, the directors, you know, here and there, and um, the producers, they're all still white and they're all still going to move very white. And sometimes they even think that when they're getting a black director or they're getting a black writer or whatever, that, oh, they've done their bit. Oh, we've done our bit. And, right. And they want you to be grateful. And I just think it's mad. 
So I yeah, I don't know when it's um coming out, but like you said, yeah, won't be supporting that. That that can just piss off. So I mean, I said that that's terrible that that's happened to Noel Clark. I think he ignored me. But um, <laughs> either way, I I just think it's mad how um. People just don't speak up for you. I remember hearing about the fact that when that black guy left um, American, why is that? American Gods. I was watching that. That was great. American Gods was really, really good. I was watching that. And then the guy that plays a Nancy, the spider, he left. And because of all of this drama that was happening, or he got written off or written out or something. And the guy that plays Shadow, the one that used to be in um, Hollyoaks, or is it Hollyoaks that he was in? Kind of in... The mixed race, Ricky Whittle, whatever, Beetle, whatever, yeah, whatever his name is. He now, when when the Anansi guy got kicked off the show, this guy said nothing. He was quiet, right? Then when um, they started, I think something started happening with um, SAG, you know, the Screen Actors Guild or whatever. They were getting involved and they were basically like, "Rah, we need to now check the working practices of everything that's going on here. That is when Ricky decided to DM the guy and be like, oh, um, we never really got to talk about what, you know, what happened around you leaving, but it's just disappointing that um, because you of how you left and the rest of us are being affected in... Right. So if you weren't affected, you wouldn't care, basically. Then I just think it's just. <laughs> Is it because they're asking you for your visa, beat Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> because that never arrived, and they're like, how, "How are you earning the money? What are you doing? And what taxes are you paying?" So now you're vexed, and you want to go and shout at him. Piss off, man. And I just think it's terrible. Like, even when you think about the Noel Clark situation, I think it speaks to a bigger kind of thing out there, which is, look, it doesn't matter how much money you have as a black person. And Kanye West, I think he touched yeah. on it in his um in one of his songs. And he says, like, look, you will always be, you will always be a nigger, like, yeah. regardless of the situation. And I think it's it's scary because we we look up to No Clark. Yeah, yeah. We we just like you said, he was make, bringing up movies when you were young. Even. Yeah. So it's just like so to so to feel like someone that we look up to in the black community isn't even respected. Yep. Enough in, to enough to be on the film poster. I think it's just it's shocking, and it kind of beats your confidence confidence down in a way that you don't even expect it to. It's mad. I agree. I agree. I just, I just look at it and I just think like, rah. So all of us should be looking to get disrespected then, because I, I, you know what I'm deep in that a lot of the black actors and actresses and everyone that I look up to, directors, writers, all of them, man, they have to chop so much disrespect that they never talk about in the industry. So this one, I'm like, oh, I want to be in Black Panther too. I want to be in Wild Seed by Viola Davis. The amount of disrespect that you're going to need to chop on that set. And for, for those listening, if you've watched Hollywood on Netflix, you would know exactly because yeah. we, we already spoke about it, you haven't watched it. If you've watched Hollywood on Netflix, you would know exactly what you're talking about because this guy wrote, he literally wrote the whole movie and they worked so hard to just try and get his name off it. They wanted to what? run with the movie. They wanted to run with the movie. They loved the movie. They loved everything about it, but they just couldn't have a black writer on it. Wow. Yeah. So it, 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 it just, it again, speaks to what you were saying about that. It's crazy. Okay. Um, Anyway, the next uh, thing on So You Mad, I've got a letter in and, you know, sometimes people send me things on social media. They don't listen to the podcast, I imagine. I don't know. Um, And they just, I guess they expect me to respond. And so I think that the easiest thing to do would just be to respond on the show and just keep it moving. So um, I've got this letter and it says, help. Problems with relationship. 
Hi, Kelechi. I hope this email finds you well, and I hope you don't mind me reaching out in this way. I have been following your work for a long time, by the way, and I'm a huge fan. I'm currently in an interracial relationship. My boyfriend is white and I know you are married to a white man and I was wondering if I could get some much needed advice. So this is why I thought that this person doesn't listen to the podcast because they'd already know (laughs) how I feel about this stuff. But again, when people don't engage with all of my work, this is what happens. Um, The internet is not a very helpful place because the reality is most of them don't go into the depths of what a true interracial relationship is like. Me and my boyfriend have been together for almost five years. He is kind, loving and caring. But when it comes to talking about issues of race, I feel as if he's not very supportive or understanding, not in the way that he dismisses the idea. He's very much anti-racist, is he? But I don't feel very, very comfortable talking to him about it because I feel like he doesn't understand why I get so upset about it. He really does try to be supportive. Okay. He really does try to be supportive, but you know what deeper, you know, that deeper feeling inside when you just know it's not enough. That's how I feel. And I hate it. I've told him this, but he doesn't understand why I feel this because in his eyes, he's doing the best. He's doing his best. Sometimes I just want to sit and talk about these issues in length, but I feel like we can't. This is the only thing that is holding us back in our relationship. And if it continues, I know we won't survive. Given the recent news of the murder of George Floyd, it's put an even further strain on our relationship again because his reaction compared to mine was not the same. He was angered by it, but I was like angered, angered, even to the point that it ruined the whole of my day because of how upset I was. As someone in an interracial relationship, I would really appreciate appreciate some advice on this as it's causing me great stress and I would I could really use a perspective like yours thanks so much for taking the time to read this and I wish you well okay all right I don't even know but she wanted to know she wanted your advice okay first things first I'm the realist no um (laughs) (laughs) honestly first things first I've made a point of stressing Time and time again, I don't talk really about my relationship because I've got nothing really to say. Like I've got nothing of substance to give to any of you, man, because it's it's my relationship. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird to me when people say things like that, because the way that we keep saying that all black people aren't homogenous all white people aren't homogenous. So I can't speak to your specific experience. Like is your partner the way that your partner is because they're white? Or, or and or is it because they're a prick like I, I I can't answer for you because I don't know them as an individual and they would be doing your you a disservice if I was trying to work it out for you but one thing I will do though is I'm very very good at reading and comprehension so I'm just going to break down your letter to you because in your letter you've written your own advice all right so the first thing you said is um Uh, me and my boyfriend have been together for almost five years. He is kind, loving and caring. But when it comes to talking about issues of race, I feel that he's not very supportive or understanding. I'll draw your attention to that line. Yeah, that's paragraph three. You then jump and then we move further into paragraph no, I'm lying. One, two, three, four, five. That's paragraph five. So now move further into paragraph five. And then you say, he really does try to be supportive, but you know that deeper feeling inside you when you know that it's um, it's not enough. Okay, cool. Is he supportive or is he not? That's what you need to decide because within one paragraph, you've switched what, 
what this thing is. And so are you making excuses for this guy because you love him? And, and I just, and maybe what he's giving in return is not enough for you. Like you literally just said it yourself. It's not enough. If something isn't enough, why are you chucking your head to stay there? Because another thing, um, you say, um, I feel as if he's not very supportive or understanding, not in the way that he dismisses the idea. And then you put in parentheses, he is very much anti-racist. And I want to stop you there, sis. There's no way that he can be not supportive of the things that you're going through as a black woman and the things happening to other black people and also be anti-racist. Anti-racist is an active, it's an active, active eschewing of white supremacy. It's an active unearthing of all of the internalized and white supremacist ideologies that we have anti-racist is doing the work it's not simply like um you know sleeping with a black person you know that 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 isn't your anti-racism work done because you sleep with a um um a black person and you're nice to them sometimes you know that that's not that that isn't the work at all at all you know, looking at it plainly, this guy's not anti-racist because you've just said yourself that he's not supportive. And then you've come back to say that he is supportive. So for there to just be that kind of, um, unsurety, um, around what's going on or uncertainty around what's going on, I would say that there's no how that he's anti-racist. What does he do? What in his actions make him anti-racist? What is he actively doing to address his white privilege and to address whiteness and, um, all of the ways that dismantling it would affect him? What is he doing in that sense? Because it doesn't sound like he's doing much. If you can't sit down and have a thorough conversation with him about the experiences that you're having and the other black people are having, and at least he'll sit down and hear you out, then there's no anti-racist there. And we all should just be aware of the terms that we're using. I think I saw one white girl used to, um, pro-black the other day, like, oh, I'm pro-black. You can't be pro-black because you're not actually black. So you're literally white. So you can't be pro-black. You can try, you can be, um, non-racist, you could be anti-racist if you know, that's something that you want to explore. Um, other black feminists might tell you that it's not even possible to be any of those things that like you're just racist. But I think that, you know, if you want to explore those paths, you can, but you definitely cannot be pro-black. I can tell you that if you're white. Um, so then you say that, and then you say, um, he really does try to be supportive, but you know that deeper feeling inside when you know that it's not enough. So if something isn't enough, why why are you forcing it? Why? Why? If your soul desires so much more and you need so much more support, why are you there? I mean, I could say to you, well, go and find groups of friends that you could discuss these things with. Because sometimes a person that you're in a relationship with can't discuss everything with you, can't understand everything with you. And I think that ultimately, another thing that we have to be very, very clear about is that, yeah, if you are dating someone, um, especially if you're dating someone of another race, they will never literally be able to understand what it's like for the things that you go through. You don't share the same body. You don't share the same eyes. You don't share the same skin. Like they'll never understand your experiences as viscerally as you understand that. I would say that that's even the same if you're dating a cisgendered man or whatever, as a man, just generally, they will not be able to understand what it is that you go through and vice versa. We don't live in each other's body, so we'll never really be able to understand. But what we can do is have a, um, an open enough space, a safe enough space that we can discuss with each other the places where it hurts. We can talk it through and, and show compassion to each other and, and as much as possible, try to heal that hurt together. But if you can't even do that, then you're just wasting your time. You're wasting your time. 
So there was that bit. And then you said, um, I feel like this because in his eyes, he's doing his best. And maybe what if he is? What if literally this is as much as he can do and this is as far as he can go with all of this? What now? Because if you want something to change and it's not going to change, you've got to decide, are you going to stick around or are you going to change your attitude to the thing not changing? You've got to make that decision, but a decision needs to be made because this one that you're stressing out about it, you can't make him change. You can't make him see your pain. You can't make him feel your pain. And if that's not okay, then you need to bounce. Five years, you've had a good run. You know, I've got to be honest, you've had a good run. But until, you know, he's able to meet you somewhere that's that's sufficient for you emotionally, maybe this just ain't it. And sometimes that is the most heartbreaking thing to hear. But, you know, things like this happening in society really show you the kind of person that you're dealing with. And if they're not really wanting to kind of loud it up, if they don't want to run out in the streets and 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 because, you know, and get mad with you and get angry with you, you know, it's just... It's not it. Right? Even with the whole anti-racist thing, I feel like people need to understand anti-racist, the opposite of that is racist. So you need to be committed. Yes. You need to be as committed to being an anti-racist as you once were maybe to being a racist. (laughs) You also need to be as committed to it as you are you you need to wear it as you know, as hard as you do your white privilege. Yes. So and I feel like she, you know, has this habit of kind of projecting positive qualities yeah. to him. I think he's a lot worse than he sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think he's a lot worse than he sounds. I think this guy calls it the N-word, right? And she just does not like it. But she's conflicted because she knows if she told us that, we would have said that. So she's just trying to just ease it into it. But I think, yeah, she needs to do a lot of work with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that that's not like super, super harsh. I just feel like it's best in these situations to just be straight talking. Like, I'm not in your shoes in that way. Um, not all, um, interracial relationships are made in the same way. Like I've said before on, um, other platforms that we shall not name that it's a lot of work to be in a relationship with someone that will never truly, truly get what it's like to be in your situation. But if they're willing to kind of do the work as much as possible and be like, let them, they're ready to put their body ahead of yours to take hits that you would usually take. That's when, all right, you know, you've got something there, but if they're not, and they still want to hide behind you and for you to shield them from all of the atrocities that you face in life, as well as what they face in life, then fuck that because you can't be getting into a relationship to then be another person's mule like there's no point and that's it's absolutely long absolutely long so um you then said given the recent news of the murder of george floyd it's put an even further strain on our relationship because his reaction compared to mine was not the same he was angered by it but i was like angered angered even to the point that it ruined my whole day because of how upset i was now see this is again what i'm trying to say yeah you might you will always be angered differently to how he's angered you will always be all right. But what did he do in that moment when you were angry and you could not shake that anger when it was so kind of palpable for you? What did he do? Did he say to you, like, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want me to, um, you know, run you a bath? Do you want me to, do you want me to just sit here and for you to talk to me about how you feel? Like, what did he do to hold space for you while you felt that? Because, yeah, we don't always feel things in the same way. But did he even attempt to hold space for you or to ease you of the burden of this of of this black trauma in some way? Because if he didn't, then it's long for man. 
Because, yeah, she needs to manage that. <laughs> literally, literally. So... Um, I will end up sending you a link to this episode so you can hear the advice. That's literally how I'm going to respond to this email. Um, you know, just send you that because that's the best that I can do for you. It's, it's about facing your truth. This is a time for all of us to really be honest with ourselves. And it's no longer dancing around things like, oh, my white boyfriend is lovely. He just doesn't like to talk about racism. Nah, oh, gee, nah. You that you're not the mother of interracial <laughs> relationships, please. You are not the mother of interracial relationships. Like, look, we're all out here trying to make it work. Like, please, just... Please. Yeah. Like, I, 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 my, my relationship is my relationship. But it has no bearing on what you'll go through. There might be some similarities here and there, but um, other than that, nah. And, and I actively don't talk about my relationship for a reason because people there are a lot of people who are miserable and they want you to be miserable. So when I now start talking about the things that like, fam, I'm actually not miserable like you, man. People get extra vexed and go and write extra threads. So I just try to, sometimes you have to just keep your happiness and keep your things to yourself and keep them, keep it away from people. Because when you, like the girl that came online to come and say how she makes 130K and people... <laughs> people started doing... <laughs> oh no, we can't talk about that because that was so unfair for her. Literally. That was horrible. They... No, that was not nice, literally. And they embarrassed her as well. They yep. were like, oh, so... Because, we you know, we did the maths and, you know, it didn't add up. And then it was just... <laughs> <laughs> seeing her face, no. Just and her. then she was explaining and that got me so vexed for her. <laughs> because then I felt like she was muddling it up for herself. Like, wait, did I make that? And that's what these motherfuckers will do to you on the internet. They'll make you start even questioning yourself. Like, did I make yeah. that? How did I get to that sum? And people are asking you about tax and, and trying to catch you out with how much tax you pay so they can work backwards like it's fucking algebra and work out just want to drag you down but big up yourself though I saw that lady actually the other day when I was um, outside around the area and she said oh thank you yeah yeah she was like thank you I saw you sticking up for me on Twitter and I was like yeah that's how I roll because people are mad and I will not let people come and disrespect you anyhow for what but I really appreciate that she came up to me and said that um, big up yourself but honestly that's it like you can't go and share your happiness online or share any part of you what looks like normality online because people are so miserable that they're looking to come and dissect every aspect of your life to give themselves some sense of worth and it's not my life that you'll be doing it with and that's why I don't share anything with any of you man so it is what it is and so I, um you know i'm feeling for you that you're going through these things and i hope that what i've said helps and maybe this is why i don't have a dilemma um section because maybe i'm just a bit too uh, with it but i just believe in just telling it like it is i don't believe in brutal honesty because there doesn't need to be brutality and honesty but i will just tell you from a loving place from a kind place like fam this is how it is and and you know go with it because sometimes we already know the answer and you had the answer all up in your own email i'm just reading it back to you so you can hear your own answer all right so that's um that for so you mad for that section oh so then we've got um is it micah mika and james stalfer the the youtubers the youtubers yeah, so I've got a letter about that actually to take us into it nicely. Thank you, Dee, for writing in. It says, Hey, Kalechi, I hope you and your beautiful, beautiful family are well. Not sure if this will make this week's SYM as we've seen a lot of fuckery. However, I'm so disgusted by this family, I'm forced to write this. My Suck Your Mum nomination, although I'm reading it, is so you mad because there's actually literally 
so much of these, so many of these letters have literally all been suck your mum nominations, but I had to move them into another section because we'll have no straws left. Um, it says, uh, my suck your mum nomination goes out to Mika Stalfer and her husband. Mika and her husband um, have four biological children and adopted their fifth child from China in 2017, a little boy called Huxley. They paraded this boy on Instagram and YouTube with hashtags such as China adoption, adoption rocks, and essentially pimped this small child out to gain a massive online following and portray themselves as model Christians. Fast forward a few years later, it appears that little Huxley has additional needs that they say they weren't made aware of so made the decision to rehome him rehome like a dog going to a new shelter Huxley is on the spectrum and has autism can I please say a huge fuck you to Mika and her husband? They adopted Huxley as if he was an accessory. When it emerged that he has complex needs, they ship him away to a new family. God only knows what this boy is going through and losing the only family he knows on the on this planet. Fuck you for showing him off online to depict yourself as a hero. I'm fucking sick and tired of white savior mentality. The moment they realized that the arrangement wasn't going to work for them, they called it quits. A child is not an a a a ASOS order you can um, that you can just return when the going gets tough equally a child with an additional complex need is not faulty sick and tired of hearing stories of children being returned because they aren't perfect people need to think long and hard about adoption more often than not children are in the system because they they have had a harder start at life please don't add to their trauma by being a fucking dick i'm sorry this is long it just grinds my gears to no end so yeah a huge fuck you to them thanks d um, and then, um, D wrote again and says, sorry, um, I'm also attaching a link to the story. I forgot to mention that they raised funds to adopt this child by asking their viewers to donate. What an absolute scam. Woo. That's just, honestly, just, just to echo what she said. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you guys. I just think it's just so, where do you even start with it? Like, it, I don't. Should we should we come at it from the from the race point of view? Should we come at it from just like just a just the point of view that it's just fucked up, just on like on a human level? I don't even know where to start, but it's just I just feel for that kid and to feel like you know to literally and, and I'm sure he's old enough to understand that that age that you are not wanted by you can understand that yeah you know that you've you are moving from one family to somewhere else you're not going to see them again and I think that's the most horrible part of it. It's just crazy to think that they did that in front of the world. I just, this is the thing that I'm always saying, like, um, when it comes to whiteness in general, whatever you want to do for your feel good factor, remember that it's people's lives that you're impacting. Um, I know that your queen of adoption, um, Madonna is there, Madonna. She's there getting her children to shock and jive um, on, on, on videos and things. And, you know, one of her sons was in a boxing match and she put something like hashtag this nigger, thinking that it's okay for her to use the term because she's adopted a couple black kids or something. Like, I think that when it comes to white saviorism, you man really think that you're doing bits and you're doing bobs by like adopting a child and, and using your privilege to kind of give them a, you know, quote unquote, a better life. Is it really a better life with you for them to be constantly reminded that they are othered? Like, well, I remember talking a little while back about Angelina Jolie and the fact that her, um, her dad has very, very racist vibes and she wasn't chatting to him for ages. And I'm just like, but you've adopted these children that he has these views about, but oh no, now he loves, he, you know, but he loves his grandchildren. Somebody it's different. Yeah, it's, he loves his grandchildren. So it's different. And there are so many white people 
who are like that, that maybe their child has gone and um, gotten pregnant um, with a black person or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, I fucking hate niggas, but you know, this is my grandchild and I love my grandchild. No, because your very behavior, your all the actions that you have that are fueled by the fact that you hate black people, this child is still going to see. So whether you claim that you love them or not, you're still being very, very racist in front of this child regardless. So they're growing up with that trauma on top. Like I've got a grandma that's a racist or I've got a mum that's a racist. You hear it all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. I know quite a few um, like biracial girls who go, oh yeah, when the first thing that my mum goes for when I'm when she gets angry at me is that, oh, you're a fucking nigger. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> wow. How did that happen, mother? Tell me. There we go. Tell me, Kathy. How did that happen? How did I end up here? You know, so it's it's really, really mad to me. And I, I remember making... Um, I used to have this car- character that I created called Tara. And I and she does um, a set... Um, Yes, Tara Scouse. Yes. And she does a segment where she's like, oh, I'm going to adopt a white baby because white people are always adopting black babies. Um, and yeah, it's to me, it's just, it is what it is. Like you're adopting these children to make yourself look good. That's it, to make yourself look good. And then when people are like, oh, look at you being so wonderful and selfless and everything, then that makes you feel some type of way. It was like little fires everywhere. Yes, perfect. That character, I don't remember her name. Um, B, was it? Beth? No. Beth? Oh, I've forgotten it now. Yeah, but she was Elena's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then she she tried to adopt the... the uh, Chinese know, baby. She Chinese yeah. Baby. She tried to adopt the Chinese baby. And then they took her to court and they had all of that. And I thought that court scene was very interesting. I love that court, that scene. court scene. Oh, spoiler alert, guys. Yes, yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> so, so if you haven't watched Little Fires Everywhere, you might want to go um, forward by like, I would say like seven minutes or something. But I've talked about Little Fires Everywhere on this show and Such told you that show. it's fucking great. Yeah. But that scene was a lot. Like fam, you had fortune cookies. Did anyone tell you that fortune cookies? She was like, <laughs> she was like I didn't buy them. Yeah, but that's another thing though. You didn't buy them, but your friends, your other white friends thought it was perfectly okay right. to bring this to the party. And that's just, that's the life that you're bringing that child into right that confusion that confusion and then what's the child's original name Mei Ling what are you calling her they were calling her something Meredith or whatever Mirabelle Mirabelle that's it Mirabelle you're calling her Mirabelle why aren't you calling her Mei Ling oh because we just wanted to give her a name that would make her feel part of the family Um, so Mei Ling can't be part of the family (laughs) that was just I think that was that was perfect I, I don't know for a while it sounds weird for a while I've always felt weird about white people adopting like, I, I, I still do yeah just non-white children. i just think it's just like because why i mean why i mean i understand that of course there are loads of black children there are loads of PSU yeah. children like whatever there are loads of those children that need a, a home but i just think to myself i think they're better where they are as opposed to going into a home with two white people who have no clue yeah. about their culture or have no clue about what it means to be a person of color I just think it's just quite odd that they're, and they're doing it at such a fast rate. Yeah. It's become a trend. No, it's an entire industry. That's why some people came at me when I was just like, oh guys, I'm going to open an orphanage in Nigeria. And they were like, let you don't open an orphanage, please. Da, 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 da. And then I realized that in terms of the actual word that I was using, what they thought that I would be opening in terms of like, oh, then, you know, someone would come and take these children and take them away. Oh, and so I thought, oh, so I'm really, really sorry. That's not what I meant. Like I'm basically opening a home that they, if they don't have any living um, relatives, like none at all, then they would 
live here and grow up here and so that would only have, to be and there, yeah. no one's going to take them anywhere they would they would be here and they would be well looked after and I'd get you know all, all the social care and everything that they need and all the education that they need like they would be looked after and, and, and paid all the way through school everything so that for that reason I could only have a few of them until they get to a particular age and then I'd move them in, into an um, um, another way of you know living whether it's that getting them somewhere to live on their own or getting them into a, a scheme when they to start when they start working and things like that just giving them all the opportunities that they require and desire so they don't feel like they're lacking in life and it's it's a very ambitious project but that's part of what I feel called to do so that was the wrong terminology in order to call it that but I just went for the term that people would understand but that's not what it is and for the people who do have living relatives but maybe they might um um not have much in terms of um, socioeconomic standing in terms of money and things like that. There'll be a day center with the, um, with the, uh, with the um, young child's home. There'll be a day center there as well. The building, um, everything stopped because of Kuro Kuro, but there'll be a day center attached to it as well, where there'll be courses run. And so the parents can get skills to help them get better jobs. And I'm saying that with all of the hope in the world, because we know how fucking mad Nigeria is in terms of people even getting job opportunities. But I feel like if they're trained in particular things, then, you know, we, we could find a scheme that or, or create something or start um, making products or whatever that they get um, the profits from. Like it goes to them it's got nothing the fuck to do with me but just showing them for instance how to use social media how to you know um how to market things how to get things out how to sell things and things like that and if they want to do that or it's maybe coding that they want to learn i'm going to get people to teach them online if they can't come to nigeria or whatever but you know black women that i know black people that i know to teach coding so they can learn coding and they can you know make just every opportunity that these people need so they don't have to give their children up you know, and so these motherfuckers come and take them and they start fucking up their life in in the ways that they do. I remember there was a guy, I think he was the one of the creators of CrossFit or something. They have a black girl. I've got to find that post. It must be gone now. I don't want to misquote the thing, but she was basically on the table, on the dinner table with an apple in her mouth and her hand tied behind her back with a white family. Yeah, it was years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was years ago. And they somehow thought it was funny and they thought it was okay. It's like a pig, right? Yes, like yeah, okay. yeah. And it's the only the little black girl that you did that with, with all of your children. But it's just the virtue signaling that comes with, oh, I adopted a child that's not white. You what, do you want a cookie? Do you want a pat on the back? I don't care about you fucking adopting the child. I care about you raising that child so they have every understanding of, of who they are. Right. Because a lot of you men aren't doing that. You're not doing that. It's a lie. You're really, really not. These children are confused and they're, and they're traumatised. Yeah. It just seems exploitative. I think my whole thing is, is that where, what, what's the thought process behind it? Like, I mean, can, dare I ask, why not a white child? But like, then they say... What happens then? Like, yeah. yeah, but they say that the reason that they do that is because there are so many black children and um, non-white children that are um, rarely adopted. So, you know, they want to adopt them or whatever. And it's just like, oh, well... All well and good, but what's the point of adopting them if then you're just going to fling them away right. when when they don't meet your perfect ideals? Right. And because people are showing screenshots of where um, Mika or Michael, whatever her name is, and her husband was sellotaping the boy's hands yeah. or gaffer taping to stop him touching, yeah. to stop him from sucking his own thumb. Meanwhile, they're white children. You can see them in videos sucking their thumb, so it's okay for them to do it. But you don't want um, you don't want the boy to with, do it with them. I think we all 
your or that community, whatever it is, you need to call for YouTube to sort them out. Like every video that they had that little boy in, it needs to be demonetized. Yeah. They need to have their. I would even say maybe getting their platform removed from them because I just, I just, I think it's the worst. One of the worst things you can do that no one knew about. Yeah. That we're only finding about. Like, and and you only and they only ended up speaking up about it because people were like, "Rah, he's not in the videos yeah, anymore." So you ain't, so you ain't just not gonna say yeah, anything. Yeah, like, <laughs> you the were, worst thing about it. But if you change the paint on your walls, you would give us a whole Q and A about why you changed the paint on your walls when you gave up an entire child. After having it for three years. Wow. To me, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And, you know, absolutely fuck them. Absolutely fuck them. And I agree. Anything that they were doing to monetize having that boy or the image that they were uh, presenting of themselves, everything should be demonetized. Like, yeah. no no more money for you. No In more. fact, I want you to give back the money that you did have. And yeah. And uh, that GoFundMe that they did as well, literally run it back. There run it back. There's a stipulation with that, you know, the whole <laughs> GoFundMe. Like, you know, if this person doesn't use it for the cause that they intended to, yeah. or blah, blah, Sean blah, King. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Run, run the money back. Just run it back. Honestly, I just think it's disgusting. It it blows my mind. It really... and they'll get away with it, and it's so crazy because p- people will move on from the story. That is it. Why release people... another video that everyone's just going to forget about? And you know, if she just they just need to cry. And it was so weird, like catching snippets of their video. Like she would talk and cry, and he would stare at her the side of her ear. Then she would stop, and he would talk and cry, and this she would say, "Yeah." And it was just weird. It was just like, why are you? both doing that it's very fake it's very i just hated it i always think it's weird when you these youtubers because i know i think it's so strange when they come on camera and they, they cry because it's like what you what you're telling me is that <laughs> you you've cued yourself like do you not know how crazy it is you set up the perfect background oh my god you, you put on the sound you put on the sound you would have checked the the the, the focus the auto focus Was lots right of times sometimes you've even crying. done your makeup you've even done your makeup <laughs> and everything and then you've now come to come and sit in front of us to cry to cry if you don't go and sit the fuck down after doing something that you shouldn't have done that's what is just the craziest part of it i just think it's just crazy 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 Nah. so um yeah, the last So You Mad then, wow. The last one is um, Hill Harper, um, the actor, misgendering um, Zaya Wade. Okay. So I've got a little, um, I've got an article that I saw about that. That was intentional. That was intentional. It that says, was intentional. It says, the good doctor star Hill Harper has apologised for misgendering Zaya Wade in a birthday message to her, which he used as an opportunity to promote his book. Zaya, the transgender daughter of former NBA star Dwayne Wade, turned 13 on Friday, May 29th. Her stepmother, Gabrielle Union, marked the occasion with a celebratory post on Instagram. Her loving post was flooded with comments from well-wishers, but not everyone had something positive to say. Hill Harper, who calls himself a family friend of the Wades, instead used the moment to misgender the teen. Happy birthday, young man. Read letters to a young brother, he wrote. Your mom wrote something in it. You'll love it. Have a great day. No, I mean, again, <laughs> how you know that's intentional is because there's been so much fire over the, the Zaya, Zaya, yeah. Zaya situation. So... You know, if you're someone that didn't maybe respect her 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 decision to 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 to, to transition, you should have just not should have said anything. Saying you nothing is always a choice. Apparently, it's impossible. So <laughs> apparently, if you see something on social media, you must you must interact and say something. And I feel like slowly but surely, people are going to realize that that shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just just honestly, you will save money. You will save time. <laughs> you save your save, job, right? 
if you just <laughs> shut up. Like, what did, what's that thing that New York... You remember that, that New York quote, Tiffany Pollard? Yeah. We love that quote. Where, I can't remember, I think they were in The Flavor of Love or whatever, and someone said something and she said, you should have sat there... <laughs> Yep. And ate your food. Yeah. And she didn't even know at the time what she was saying. She's an oracle. She is. She is. Because that can I can, I can apply that to, into so many areas of people's lives. You should have sat there and ate your food and shut the fuck up. Literally. Because what you've done now, look at you choking. Right. Look at you choking. Just and shut and then, up. And it's hard to convince people that it was a mistake. Which, you know, it could have... I don't know. No, don't know no, 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 no. <laughs> because the reason, to me, it's just like, you're a liar if you then say... um. Um, that it was a mistake because he comes back again and he wrote, um, I would like to apologize for my post. I'm responsible for what gets posted and I made a a horrible error. Um, And then he said, I misgendered my friend's child and I'm so sorry to Zaya and the entire Wade family. It was not my intention to misgender and misrepresent her in any way. I said, oh, so he's come back and done another one because the first one he did, he didn't even say her. He just kept- This correctional post, I'm going to avoid- yeah. Referring to her pronouns. Yeah, so he just w- was going to avoid of, um, using the pronouns and he just kept saying Zaya, Zaya, Zaya. But then he's come back and actually used um, the pronouns. So, oh, but so in the third, in the third yeah, I think in the third Jesus apology, Christ. he's he had to do it again. So much work off one comment that you just didn't need to. You could have just even sent a, a private message. Yeah. It's like that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Because the tweet, the the tweet that I saw when when he didn't say it properly was when he said when he came on Twitter was there are many challenging things going on in the world right now and I certainly didn't intend my birthday wish to be a negative distraction and certainly didn't want to take away from a celebratory birthday for Zaya. I extend my heartfelt apology to Zaya, the Wade family. That was the first one I saw and I was just like, but why don't you just say her? Why are you avoiding saying her? So because you know there there are men like that. There are men like that who are very wrong and strong, and they'll just be like, "Well, God made Adam and Eve, and da 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 da." da. Shut up. Well, you see, to them, they feel they think they're making progress because. They, they said happy. They did the happy birthday. Because Do you know, if it was if it was my old self, if it was left to me, I would have locked her in a cellar. But yeah. you know, I said happy birthday. There you go. I've mm-hmm. come a long way. So no, nobody's gonna clap for you for your acknowledgement. You can sit the fuck down. And so many of us like are you playing catch up. So many people are having to play catch up. And the thing is, while you're playing catch up, you can shut the fuck up and always take the cue from the person that is the that is telling you how they want to be addressed. It's not about what you think, yeah. If there was someone tells you that I prefer they them. You don't need to come with your stupid fucking dictionary and say, but that's plural. But that no one fucking asked you. They've told you that they don't want he, they don't want she, they don't want that. They said that they want they, them. Just use what they fucking asked for. Why is it why is it bothering you so much to tell people who they are? You know, it's it's absolutely wild. Like leave people alone and let them live their lives. And if you really can't get on board with it, I've told you what you can do. You can go and sleep underwater. Just go and sleep underwater. It's fine. <laughs> go and do it. Anyway. That's that for So You Mad. Like, we ran through so many bits. Now let's get to the final bit, which is what I feel like we're all just reeling from. The whole George Floyd situation, his death. Rest in peace, George. 
I'm going to start a bit backwards because one thing I will say is though I felt a bit uncomfortable, uncomfortable with why, uh, what I'm, who I'm told is his fiance, mm-hmm. a white woman, mm-hmm. coming forward and saying that he would not have wanted this. <laughs> he would, he would have shown grace. He would not have wanted people to be out here doing all of this in his name. I love the voice as well. Because <laughs> I just want to say, shut the fuck up. Like you don't know what the hell you're saying. And on top of that, apparently she wasn't even. His girlfriend. Apparently, there's a black girl. I think her name is Shawanda. Yeah. There's Shawanda something. Yeah. That's his real girlfriend. So who was this one? I don't know. Apparently, some some woman. You know, a side chick. Yeah. Oh. I, I, don't, I don't even think it's a side chick. I think it's someone that I don't know. Apparently, she was paid to come out and say something. Or wow. But you know, I think it's so annoying when so, these things happen and all of these little conspiracies and it's just like just. Who is the girlfriend? Who is the girlfriend yeah. is what I want to know. Right. And and and, and well, that's when I saw it because I was just like, there is no how this woman is this man's fiance. And that's why I was just like, no, who we are told is his fiance because I knew it for me, I felt instinctively like there's no how you could have been his girlfriend I'd or his okay fiance and be okay with that. Like right. fam, if you touch any, like we, we, we ride at Ross Clark Dawn, right. like everything me, is getting burnt down and no one's telling me anything. Absolutely. A best example for that is the, do you remember the feel I know? That do you remember? You see that video, the video of the of the of the girlfriend and her daughter yeah. in the car. Yeah. Literally, like her reaction is how his is how Floyd uh, George Floyd's girlfriend should be reacting. Right. She's screaming. She's like, "This is crazy. Right. This is absolutely nuts." But you're telling me he would have wanted. He wouldn't have wanted it. George Floyd would have. He would have wanted. He would have said, "Right out." He would have wanted this. Deal with Trust them. Me. Deal with them now. Because this has gone on for far too long. What do you mean he would have shown grace? Are they showing us grace? This is what this is what's so mad to me. Every time you're 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 telling us to be, you know be the bigger person. Be no nah, fam. Let us all let us all be microscopic, yeah. fam. Let us all be microscopic. Are you fucking mad? Yes. So you can move mad constantly, constantly, and I have to keep turning the other cheek. Keep turning. My head is spinning all the way the fuck round. Fam. How many how many times will I turn? Is this a roundabout? Before my neck breaks. <laughs> it's crazy. And to think, I think for me, the, the hardest part of it is that, you know, when the Trayvon Martin situation came about, mm. you know, the main talk about that was, oh, he was wearing a hoodie, he was wearing a hoodie. So and even before that, and for a while after that, we always had these conversations around, you know, black men wearing hoodies. Yeah. So to me, in my head at that time, being that age, being back in 2012, I just thought to myself, oh, well, gosh, I need to start wearing hoodies then. Yeah. How do I stop being black? Right, because, because that's that's the gym, that's the common on. that's the common denominator. Exactly. Whether you don't wear a hoodie, whether you're you're twelve years old or right. eight years old playing in a park, whether you pull for something in your pocket. Uh, now it's like I feel like now even even the white people are fed up. They're like, oh gosh, let's let's stop making these silly excuses. Let's just kill them. Yeah, and, just, and that's what and I think that's what's unique about the George Floyd situation. You're not seeing someone resist. You're not seeing someone reach for their pocket. Yeah. you're not seeing someone wearing a hoodie. So, so what, what, what can you? And they're saying that they worked together or something. He yeah, worked with they, the police officer. Yeah, apparently some... they did some overlapping shifts, um, you know, in security and yeah. stuff like that for a club and whatnot. And they knew of each other really well. And apparently the, um, I don't want to, I don't know what his label is, but the, the Asian officer mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was also, apparently they all kind of knew each other. Wow. So I just think to myself, like, forget about, I feel like even with, with that information, why do we even need to know that? Why are you telling me that? That, that doesn't that. change anything for me. And then when they were t- saying all of that, I was just like, that to me actually makes it worse. Yes. Like, 
when when you don't know someone, you could be like, oh, you know, this is this black person. And I've got to do what I'm doing. But the fact that you did know that person and you could kneel on their neck in that way, like you were kneeling on the guy's neck. He's telling you that it hurts. Everything hurts and whatever. And until the paramedics came, you stayed with your knee on his neck. Eight minutes and 46 seconds. And then now you're releasing autopsy reports talking about he didn't die from asphyxiation. He didn't die from Pot- someone. Those, they were potential intoxicants. And he, so he, he had pre-existing conditions was what they like to say. High right. blood pressure right. and right. all of that. Well, would his blood pressure have gone high if you weren't kneeling on your neck <laughs> I said, I think, do you know what's so bad about America I don't know if, even know if it's just America but the way they try and gaslight yes I think it's because we we witnessed it yes. we saw it happen and I think even even just on on the top on top of that if you if you if your knee is is on someone's neck yeah you know I've never had my knee on someone's neck before so I can't imagine but I imagine you you feel a, a, like a pressure on your knee yes because, yes you know their, their, their heart is beating and whatnot so there has to come a point where that person just becomes totally limp, right? Yeah, and you still, you're still, you have no kind of awareness because you didn't even care. You weren't even thinking about him. You're just like, oh, let me have my knee on this guy's neck, and until we get back up and then we could do this or we could do that. And there's videos that show, you know, b- before that moment, this guy is not resisting arrest. He looks quite agitated as to why he's being arrested, but yeah. he's not resisting the arrest the way that you want us to believe. Even on the vi- even on video when they're saying get off him, get off him, get off him, they're telling us on video mm. he's resisting arrest. We can see him on the floor, he's handcuffed. They, to me, it's, I, I couldn't watch the video. I saw the I pictures. Um, I saw the pictures, and that was traumatizing enough for me. And I still have the question: Why in this day and age, it's okay for us to continuously see black people being? Um, treated in this way well you don't show us white people being treated in that way someone actually put up a post um that after 2014 when um there was that killing of the um white boy in woolwich i think it was the um oh yes yeah yeah the yeah, soldier. yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. ever since the then and when they showed that he's being beheaded or whatever yes after that they didn't show any more yeah. of because white people found it so distressing they didn't show it anymore because they could they could empathize yes. with what was happening you didn't know that word before oh <laughs> but when it's black people no you can keep showing that constantly and have it on news reels and the fact that news media stations news stations they have it on their websites and and to me that is not for information i've said it before it's not for our information that like you're literally putting it there because you get a sick pleasure out of seeing it yes and i'm glad, glad you said it. it's purposeful and i think for me just to i guess to be a black man in britain you kind of think to yourself yeah well you know this is to be fair the best place to be black but then you also kind of think to yourself that isn't it quite strange to think that if i just decided to relocate to this place x place that my chances of surviving just drops, drops yeah dramatically and then you just kind of think to yourself that it's a it's a really weird feeling it's also weird for me to watch that video and think to myself wait why didn't i just cry because yeah. you should anybody watching that video that's black should be watching that video and crying their eyes out but you know mummy saw it and i told her not to go and watch it but she was asking me about what i was post- I posting on social cried she cried yeah. and she called she called me on the phone and I, she was like um after she watched it and she was trying to talk and she couldn't get the words out and she was just like i have to go i have to go i have to go and she and i didn't hear from her from the rest of the night but i could Understood. hear the heartbreak in yeah. her voice like i fucking without watching um, the video i cried i went for a run the day after i saw it and I came home to stretch and I was lying on the mat and I just sobbed because I just thought, what the fuck is this? What, what, what actually is this right now? Why is this allowed to continue? What sense does any of this make? Like, 
this is disgusting. This is absolutely disgusting, and it's and it's and it's a strategized onslaught on our sense of peace mm-hmm. across the world, mm-hmm. an onslaught on black people across the world, and this is why POC and all of that can go fuck themselves and fuck Indeed. itself because that we had, officer was right was there. right there. And it was just strange how it's the calmness with everyone that everyone's has. I'm just like, there's a life. Like, it's just... And even on top of that, it's even more scary, the fact that, you know, people had cameras out. And this is how you know white privilege is probably the most... The strongest thing you probably ever see in this life. Like, he did not even give a damn. No. Because in his head, he already knew what he was going to say yeah. to his to his higher-ups. Yeah. He already knew how he was going to bust that situation. They he love knew, it. He, he was knew. resisting arrest or he was reaching for a he gun. Knew. And this is what gets me even when... Because um, when, when I finally did speak to mummy, she was just like... You know, I don't I don't think you know where my mind went when I saw that video. I was like, of course I know where your mind went. You being the mother of two black sons and me being the sister of two black men. And what happened to Dapo that time when they were um when the police put the hood over his yeah, face. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and you know, and I put that on social media and that made me so distressed. And that was around bank um um bank holiday weekend, carnival weekend, and that made me so distressed. I was so heartbroken and I was even frustrated at the way that my friends or people around me, I was going to say my friends, but you know, people around me were trying to just go on as if life was normal. And I'm like, fam, I had to see the police trying to pull a hood over my, my brother's face, knowing that, you know, he has asthma. Like that could have gone left in so, so many left. ways. So and, and, and the IOPC and all of them, man, will tell you, well, you know, they thought that he was going to spit. They thought he was going to do something. So it's fine. Why that's fucking mad is because when that went to court, the judge could not watch the video when what that happened to my brother the judge could not watch the video she turned her face away and put her hand over her eyes she couldn't watch the video but she still ruled that the police officers acted lawfully and that's why till the the end of time she will not see good things she will not see good things and it will never ever be well with her because you fucking prick you couldn't even watch the video yourself fam of what they were doing to my brother but you're saying it's okay but you're saying it's lawful and you could see the police officers at the court they were shook as well because they knew what they'd done was wrong and they couldn't even meet anybody's eyes because they knew what they'd done was fucked yeah, this is the way that the, you're telling me that or the separation of powers, but the judiciary is still arg- um, a, a, agreeing with this law enforcement or agreeing with the, with these police officers and saying that that's perfectly okay. It's white solidarity. Right. That is white solidarity at work. And I think I understood a bit about how, you know, their perception of us, you know, because you know about the whole thing in Ibiza when I got in trouble with this thing. And this Tell thing. it. Like, not even necessarily to go into that situation, but to be met by the by, by the police and to ask the police after they, they that they've dealt with me in such a harsh and violent way to ask them and say, "Why did you do that?" And they reply to you, "Look at you, you're strong. You were you were acting like a beast." Oh. And then I think to myself because obviously I was a, a skinny what 19, 20 year old then back then, and I listened to Mariah Carey. <laughs> and, no, but seriously, but it's important. You, you, it's important to know that because in my head, who am I a threat to? Right. Like. I'm, I'm, I'm even skinny at this point. This muscle that you're seeing, you don't even, you didn't even see it then. So it, might, it confused me, but then I understood. I later understood that that's actually how they all see us, literally like wild animals. And yeah. the minute you raise your voice or you, you know, you put your hand up or you show any sign of what they feel is aggression, yeah, they literally restrain you like an animal. So yeah. I think that's exactly what happened to Dapo. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me in that situation in Spain. That's exactly what happened to George Floyd. It's this fear. You, this for some reason this innate fear that this black man who is just like any other man yeah. is has some extraordinary power 
that but, he can that he can lift four police officers. Uh, yes. Right. Mm. Regardless, even with handcuffs, he can break through those handcuffs. Yes. And he can he can he can get these four police officers and get them to the ground. I think that's just. It's just wild. But this is but the thing. We say that it's fear, but it's a fucking lie. You're not fearful. You're projecting because that's the savage behavior that you exhibit that you're projecting onto us and our black bodies. Because look at the Amy Cooper situation. You, she, the woman said this is a white woman who we're told is like the um like the epitome of 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 um white fragility right. and and serenity and purity. Yeah, when we look at white femininity, she. This is this white woman. Saying to this black man, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to tell them that an African-American is threatening me and my dog. Meanwhile, you're strangling up the dog. Right. With, so with you're, the, you're the biggest threat right now. <laughs> you are the biggest threat in this situation. Yet she was, un, and, and she was aware of it and still at the same time unaware of it. Imagine that sort but of that's consciousness. That's my point though, because you, you don't think it's fair. For me, I think it's fair. I think that white people truly know the damage that's been done. And I yeah. think that's what they're fearful of. Yes. It's that, and, and you know, we saw it immediately when they, when they stopped enslaving us. There was always that fear lingering around of, oh, we just enslaved them for many years these lot could just go wild fear of the black planet it's always the yeah so i think that is always that's always a thing for me like you lot know like they they try and act like oh we don't know what racism is and we don't understand our privilege but you know because just like i said if we asked you if we said oh do you want to be black for a day what would you what 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 would your answer what would you say and it's a very and that's the and that's all we need to be asking from now on anybody that says to you i don't see color honestly you could be blue green yellow purple pink pink. i don't i don't care i'll say people as people okay because you see people as people would you like to be black for one day watch their eyes start twitching watch their eyes start twitching and their left nostril start going because they would never they would never and that's why um susan um, j elliott um jane elliott she asked them she's like would you be black for a day and all of these men can't answer when she does the blue eye pro- project with them they can't answer because they never would want to be no. they would never but at the same time still act like they don't know what's going on right because it's an insanity and it's an insanity that we have bought into and, and we just have to actively say, and I can see it happening now. And that's what I love about everyone's anger because everyone's just like, I don't want to be mad with you anymore. Yeah, I want to enough. leave this madness party. I no longer want to attend. You can take your invitation back because people are like clocking what it is and seeing just how rigged the game is against us. And we've been tricked for so long with this whole idea of black exceptionalism because, you know, a couple of blacks make it, a couple of blacks become billionaires. It's just like, well, you too can become that if you pull yourself up by the bootstrap. See, you know, they've managed to kind of um, entertain and talent their way out of um, blackness and be accepted by us. You could do the same when it's a lie. They haven't managed to. They've just become um, baby oppressors. That's that's all they've yeah. become. And they also, it's just like they also want us to believe, or they kind of want to want to make us forget that black people, or even people that are non-white, can be agencies of racism. Oh well. right, yep. If you put them in the right place, they can continue yes. the legacy that you put in place. Well, it wouldn't they be able to su- survive if there weren't people who were agents of white supremacy who weren't who were yeah, helping yeah. with no, it. No, exactly. And we see that we see that in the in the video with that Asian officer who. I think I don't know why. For me, I have I, I hate him just as much as I do Derek, the guy yes, that yeah, actually killed Derek Chauvin, um, yeah. um, George Floyd. Because it's just it's again that calmness. Yeah, you know, there's a life on the line here. But you'll say that we're all in this together. Right. We're in nothing together, right. fam. And it, 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 it then makes me think about that insecure episode. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the most recent one. one. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. 
and the Asian guys there telling you about oh well devil's advocate devil's advocate wasn't devil's real advocate is the devil and this is what <laughs> this is what people need to stop doing I hate that whole devil's advocate sort of thing that whole playing the fence no there is always a side yes literally and if you are the devil's advocate you are the devil literally, yes that's, there's no devil's advocate there's no devil's advocate and the devil didn't you beg be. you right Imagine the devil minding its business. Like the devil can like handle. The devil. the devil has been at this job, on job for centuries, and then you want to come about. I want to be your advocate. Fuck off. Nobody asked you unless you want to be me. No, so it's 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 absolutely wild. But I remember that um, when you went to um, Ibiza that time. Yeah, yeah. That was when um, I went to Sicily. I think no Venice. Venice. It was when I went to Venice, and that's when um, um, my partner proposed. And I remember that being such a glorious thing, like an event. Oh, he proposed that, and we were in this fancy place in Venice. And then my phone rings and it's you and you're telling me what happened. And it's like everything came crumbling down. And I just thought that could have gone left so quickly because you went to go and hire, you hired a car. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. So we, 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 I had booked a taxi. I booked a transfer for us from the airport to the hotel only to get to the airport and, you know, the taxi wasn't there. So I go to the desk. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, I, I, I booked the taxi. I'm just trying to... Yeah, this is like two in the morning. I've just come. This is my first time in Spain. I don't know a damn thing. So I go to him. I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, get my taxi. He rummages through a few bits of paper. And he's like, oh, no, can't... From what I can understand, yeah. he's bit, not really bad English. He goes, oh, I can't find it. Go, go buy another cab. I'm like, no, like, fam, I booked a taxi. Yeah. I paid for it. Can you ensure that I get my driver? So we're doing back and forth, back and forth. So when he decides decides to punch me in the stomach, this is when I'm, when, oh! I'm, yeah, when I'm getting really upset. So I'm like, okay, so we're about to fight then. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool, let's 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 do the fight. People people start rushing. They take the receipt out of my hand. So now the proof that I've had, you know, that I that I've made the booking is now out of my hand now. So once they've done that, now the police crowd me about five of them get me down to the ground. And I think for me that was that was obviously Trayvon Martin had happened. There was quite a few other things that yeah. happened. I remember being on that floor, and I kid you not, I said, "I am about to die." Oh I literally, I, in my head, I, that was that was what was happening. I just remember freezing up, like, "Yeah, this is literally about to be it." Because I could see it in their faces, it was like they were they were drooling at the mouth, like, "Yeah, we're gonna get you down, you beast, you this, you that," and. I don't know. It's just that it was just that feeling. I just, I just, I literally. It's the only. It's been the only time in my life, and I grew up in Peckham, right? So it's right, been the only time right. in my life where I thought I was gonna die. Wow. I literally, I thought they were gonna execute me there and then, and they didn't. And the situation was obviously still bad. Yeah. But I still, I'm still thankful for my life that day because I think it could have been, it could have been anything. It could have been me maybe going into my back pocket. Yeah. Could have been me flinging my arm in the wrong way. I'd have been out. But even with the camera that you had, even with the camera that they weren't, they weren't scared. They, they literally they were doing all of that on camera, and there were loads of people in the airport screaming like, shouting like, "No, let him go! He didn't do anything! No, let him go! He didn't do anything!" Loads of people trying to drag me away, and all of that. It was just commotion, absolute commotion. And I think back to that time, and I think to myself like, the the only reason why they reacted that way to me, and I, and I kept screaming at them. I said, "If I was a white woman, you wouldn't, you not, would not be You'd ever. You would not, you, I mean, you would not see me as that much of a threat." Yeah. No. And that day I had to, it was, it was, I think I needed that day because I think I learned so much, you know, from that. I thought to myself, like, I am not, I may not feel like a threat, but yeah. to a lot of people I am. And I think that that's the saddest thing that a lot of black men just want to, and a black boys just, they, they have such an innocence and they just want to live their life. And then 
you don't see yourself as a threat to anybody. You're just moving, th- you're just trying to move through life only to then see how other people see you as a monster. And, and how do you not internalize some of that? You know, you're minding your business, but someone's crossing the road or clutching their bag. And these are all signals to let you know that this is how I see you. I've criminalized you off the bat. I've, I've, I've dehumanized you off the bat. Like, are we surprised that, Life is the way that life is when constantly it's a psychological, it's psychological warfare that has been waged on blackness for the longest time by whiteness in that I'm going to make you believe what I actually am, but I'm going to make it like you're the one that's this. So even with all of this looting and everything that we're seeing, and it's just like, oh, well, you know, you're looting and you're destroying properties, but fam, you destroy bodies. You destroy bodies that are temples to people's souls, to their heartbeats. You destroyed them. And you say, oh, it's because they were resisting or you thought that they were reaching for a gun and you destroyed their temples right. that house their souls. But you can do that. Right. But I just, um, I mashed up a little target. And, and, we've you're, got, upset. and you're upset. And you also have to remember, you guys were looting shops. You looted the whole country. You looted the continent. You looted the continent. Give them a bit more credit. Yes. Like, you looted the continent. You took people. Fam, I took a hi-fi speaker. I took a bag of rice. You took people. That's very, very different. And until this day, you're still parading all of the things that you've taken in your museums. Right. And you're very, very proud to call them cultural hotspots to go and learn about histories. What? To learn about your savagery. Right. And the queen is still out here with her crown that's got jewels that were, were stolen. Like, you parade your theft around constantly. But you want to tell me that I should be upset because a couple buildings got destroyed. Burn everything again. Burn, burn everything. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. But keep yourself safe as much as you can. But do what you... Because if you don't want to hear, you must feel. You and go. and in this capitalist society... Like, right? <laughs> this is the Bible. So, so if if this capitalist society, the only thing that you will feel is it's damage to goods, then maybe that is just what it is. I mean... It is what it is because I don't know how else this can be explained any longer. And Keir Starmer, whatever he calls himself, the um, Labour leader, talking about, oh, I feel so bad that all of this is happening. We stand with George Floyd and everything. It's so easy for all of you British people, these white British people, to talk about how you stand with the Americans. But in your day-to-day life, the violences that you're inflicting on black people over here, you never want to address it, but you could talk about your standing with George Floyd. Have you stood up for the Labour MPs, the female Labour MPs that were being were being attacked by fellow um, 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 MPs? You haven't done that, but you want to talk about America. Right. It's, it's a madness. It's an absolute madness. So I've got two letters regarding this as well. Um, let me start with this one. This is from a police officer who listens to the show. Oh, hey, the two, the two baby boys are back. Um, so, so the police officer says, Hi, Kelechi. Apologies, this letter is all over the place as I'm trying to process my emotions as I write. As a detective in the Met Police and being from a Caribbean background, I'm more than aware of my position to understand police brutality from being on the receiving end of it, even whilst I've been on the job, to being one of many non-white officers who interact with black communities each day. People who know me personally are aware of the relentless racism I've experienced growing up despite being lighter skinned than my black peers and the black family members. They also know the pain I feel seeing the same harm I experienced being repeated over and over again today. 
People also know why I do what I do and how far I go to protect my community through policing, not least by challenging instances where colleagues have not acted with professionalism, integrity and respect towards people I class as my kin. I don't need to justify why I do what I do because I already know from the interactions I have that I'm doing the work that has to be done. But I can't say the same for all of my colleagues and certainly can't say that on behalf of police officers in general. Those who share my experiences are so unbelievably tired. We don't have the words. We're grieving like everyone else while still trying to navigate this racist institution and can't always express ourselves in the ways we'd want to because of our work. I don't know if there are other officers from the Met that listen to your podcast. I'd love to meet them. But I've seen a few posts asking for police officers to come forward and speak out and wanted to share solidarity in a safe space. I just want people to know that the silence from police officers from minority communities comes largely from fear and exhaustion. Talking or thinking about racism as an officer is daily trauma. Wanting your voice to get heard by the right people without getting a reputation whilst practicing self-care is a daily battle. I've been shouted at for wearing a Justice for Grenfell bracelet. I've been called a sellout by my own family. I've been accused of being a bad officer after refusing to search numerous black boys. It goes on, but the pain I feel is nothing in comparison to the pain that black people feel each day being on the other side. The physical and psychological violence I witness on the streets of London alone is horrific. To be clear, this isn't about a few bad eggs. The system is well and truly fucked and no level of community engagement is going to put right the history of British police forces. But I continue to work in this system because put quite simply, I genuinely give a shit about my people. I give a shit about making sure that black people, when they interact with police, are left not only satisfied with the service they receive, but are left alive, uninjured and unharmed. There are many, many officers who, like me, when they're on and off duty, want nothing more than to do what's right, not necessarily what's easy. It takes immense courage, but it takes a toll on all of us too. I want you to know we're here for you, even if you don't see us and that we care. I can only pray for a time when we're able to be more visible for the people that matter. It goes without saying that the murder of George Floyd and the violence inflicted onto black bodies by the police each day in the UK and the US is incomprehensible and terrifying. I promise today, as I did the day I received my warrant card, to do everything in my power to protect black people at all costs. I will always stand in the way of any officer who believes their life to be superior to anybody else's. I promise to continue using my position to educate those who need it and protect the lives of those who trust Um, whose trust has yet again been eradicated by the failing system. I'm so sorry this is still happening. I can stand with you all. I stand with you all and I love you all. Continue to do your best in getting your voices heard in whatever way possible, even if that means burning some shit sometimes. We will overcome this. Also, Kalechi, thanks for being the consistent baby girl you are. Sometimes I feel your podcast is the only thing keeping me sane. You know, I I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you. You've written before and I just need to let you know that it's all love. And, you know, it's because of people like you that I even do the workshops um, with the police uh, academy and things like that, because I believe that they need to see that blackety black face that comes through and says to them, you know what? The system isn't actually fucked. The system is working extremely well. This is what the system was always built to do. We need to take the system out and it needs to be replaced with something new. And to do that, that means like uprooting absolutely everything. It's a reconfiguration of the earth. No, I just feel like um, 
you know, having these conversations with um, police and things like that, it, it, it has to, it has to be done. It's, it's, it is at times daunting, like you're in the room having the workshop, talking to them about all of these things about, you know, that very much, um, on, uh, you know, lifting up and dismantling, um, a lot of things and giving up the kind of social advantage that, you know, a lot of them might have. One of the first questions I asked in my last workshop was when, have you ever, when did you realize you were white? And a lot of them were like, why well, I'm only just realizing this thing now. We're only just talking about this thing now. And Whereas when you ask the non-white people um, who were part of the um, workshop, when they realised, and they're like, well, I, I've been new. Like, I've always had to know, you know, I couldn't just not know. So it's, as um, you'll hear Lev there doing his bits, he's eating, so he's saying living his best life. Um, yeah, man, it's it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot, but chatting with police about this has to be done it's not just a case of unconscious bias like it's about discussing race and racism and understanding how that works specifically but what do you think about like the letter um and just generally not even just the letter but just like police and um black and um asian and, and you know police and people during this time i think it goes without saying i think they definitely have um a bigger uh, yeah they definitely have a bigger issue <clears throat> that they've got to face here because I think one thing I'm not and I'll just be honest about it, I'm not necessarily anti-police mm-hmm. you know I think one thing you we need to acknowledge that we need we need some sort of order to society we need the police but at the same time you know I, I'm also aware that it's not easy for these you know black police officers going into the force because they experience racism in the force mm. and then when they try and go out to, to try and correct things they're, they're held back by that. So, mm-hmm. and, and just like we were saying about agencies of racism, they end up kind of being an agency without even realizing. So, I think for me, I'm kind of conflicted. I'm kind of thinking to myself, should black people be going into the force? Should we actually be going? Should, should we be signing up to that? Like, oh, should we? I feel like the system needs to be dismantled. It needs to be, it needs to restart before we can all be accepted into the police force. I don't know. I just think it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. To, to, to deal with yeah I, I agree I feel like but while we're waiting for it to be dismantled what will be happening in the meantime we still need representation on all of these fronts because the fact is when you've got people like um this listener who's written in like they actively I know from like interactions with them that they actively are just there like this is all fucked like this is all fucked and this needs to change yet they're there because they do want to see change well meanwhile your family's like you're a fucking sellout you're why are you working for the police why are you doing this rare 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 and in the in the actual force they're talking to you like you're a dickhead as well so but then if you're not there you don't know all of the people that just by your presence being there you stopped mad things happening to them but then at the same time when you're the one that's speaking out how safe are you around your colleagues right do you know what i mean but i wish protection over you always obviously you know i wish protection over you always but it's these things like it's it's so difficult. And this is what I mean about life. Like life doesn't just have these binaries that just work for us, you know, and these dichotomies that just work for us. Life happens in the gray areas. And this is where we find ourselves like, yes, we know that this institution is absolutely fucked. Yes. We know that all of this needs to be abolished and uprooted and everything. We know that, but in the meantime, 
what's happening with the and we also know that not every black person that works in the police force is doing the work to protect us yes and what's that saying um not all skin folk is skin folk. exactly so we know that as well so it's an absolute mindfuck but for the, those who actually do want change and act and, and every day they're going out trying to just be there in some way to limit what's happening it must it must just be a lot it is and i think to myself, well, what is the point in doing that if you know you're going to be silenced? Because a lot of the black, I've, I've heard it's a recurring theme about black black police officers going in to the force and then they're, they're being told, yeah, leaving straight away, or they're being told, oh, you can't say this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you yeah. can't say this, you can't speak out about that. And I think that's again, for like I said, it's conflicting for them. So I just feel like, what is the what is the point if you're going to go into something and if you cannot, if you're not in that position to enact change, then what? What is it if you're just going to be a, a beat? What do we call it? A beat police officer? Yeah. I mean, you're not really going to do much on that, really, are you? Mm. But then there's progression, there you is. know, and then, you know, detective and this. But then again, even progressing in, in the whole force, you're still going to be met with absolute madness along yeah, the way as well. Exactly. And that your white counterparts do not meet. So, yeah, I'm aware that there are other officers in every, uh, that listen to this show as well. And during this time, it just must be um, absolutely wild for you. But, you know, we... We appreciate that you want to do the work and I'm sure we all know that this whole structure as it is, it has to be abolished. And even the fact that um, Cressida Dick was getting upset when, you know, when she was saying, oh, we shouldn't be referring to the police force as institutionally racist because that was before, not now. It's just like, no, you dickhead. It's still very much so now. Like this is what we're dealing with even now. So be aware of that. The last letter comes from a babe girl. She says, hello, Kalechi. I hope you and yours are keeping well and safe. First of all, I'd like to start off by saying how much you inspire me in my day-to-day life. I'm only 19 and I feel like you have helped my mind grow in numerous ways. Me and my older sister love listening to your podcast and you inspire the both of us and many other people, I'm sure. Two slaps on your chest for yourself and may God continue to bless you and everyone in your sphere. Thank you. Um, I would like to nominate my entire drama school for Straw of the Week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear, let's hear it. I'm currently training at a UK accredited drama school, which is a privilege. However, it is a very mad place. I'm in my second year and was selected as BAME Yuck officer of this academic year. I ran for the election again this year and managed to persuade them to change the title to black officer for the next and coming years. Anyway... I've had to handle a whole lot of nonsense from students and teachers since I started, mainly due to our curriculum being white as hell and nowhere near as inclusive as they think it is. Here are three incidents that happened this week that I'd like to call out. One, we are currently learning the Charleston, which is a dance, um, over Zoom. Boo. Um, as part of social distancing, um, oh, oh, part, sorry, as part of social dance, which is super fun. My teacher is always referencing how the dance was created by African-Americans. He gave us a reading that mentioned how white people back through, uh, back through the dance, um, wait, how white people back in the day thought the dance was outrageous because they didn't understand the rhythm of black people. In a class discussion, I brought up the fact that black people are rhythmic beings as we use dance as and song in every aspect of our lives. I also brought up blackface and minstrel shows and said that uh, they were mocking black people dancing because they didn't understand it and used that to oppress us. He then said that black people aren't more 
aren't any more or less rhythmic than white people, which I strongly beg to differ. And also had the audacity to say that blackface and minstrel shows was an appreciation of black dance. They weren't mocking black people. I was in disbelief when he said this. Two, this term, all three courses are studying the US accents. Some black people, including myself, have chosen monologues that we have chosen to do in African-American accents. One of our voice tutors emailed us on Thursday saying she's offering extra workshops for people who need help with the African-American accent as we only learn the standard American accent. She then said that other people who are interested can also join. Isn't the accent exclusive to black people though? Now a bunch of white people um, have agreed to come to this accent workshop for a reason i do not understand i'm disappointed in her and also in white my in my white peers who think that this accent is for them i'm now in my second year of learning accent that i don't think will help me as an actor like scottish kiss my teeth and the t- and the time that i've given the um the time that i'm given the chance to is something extra and open to all um iru rubbish wally lily that's what she wrote that's what she wrote that's what she wrote Rubbish, Wally. That's true. <laughs> that you jumped out. Number three, third, and finally, in light of the murder of George Floyd, I have been posting a lot of stuff on social media. One of my posts included me saying, alongside with the ancestral side eye meme, "All of you black culture vultures are silent now. Why can't I hear you? You want our rhythm, but you don't want our blues." One of my white peers responded saying. We all take cultures from each other. There are white people things that black people use too. I just think that in these times, you must be careful of language as hate breeds hate. Especially with our recent event, it's very easy to blame other races for things and make vast sweeping generalizations about a particular race. I have noticed a very sharp increase in vile language directed specifically at white people on social media, which is by definition racist. And I loathe racism in all forms i appreciate your stance full stop i replied with i don't see a problem with my language but thanks for your concern <laughs> yes girl kalechi i'm tired oh, enough God. is enough white people should have been careful when they arrived 400 years ago because now they have to deal with us we are not our ancestors and we will move mad I'm tired of these shallow white industry folk who don't get it. I'm still young, but I feel so old when I have to educate these Olori Barukus. <laughs> I'm so sorry that this is so long and I hope it hasn't drained you too. Regardless, I will continue to speak my speech in this racist institution. I will tire them how they have uh, tired me. I hope one day we can work together as actors. I've always imagined playing your, um, you playing my older sister or fun auntie. God bless you, young, younger sister in Niger spirit. Wow. That was that was a good one. <laughs> and, a, and a really bad one. <laughs> I feel sorry for her. I think I think she's dealing with what a lot of people she not she's not in Nigeria, is she? No, no, she's, she's here. Yeah. I think she's dealing with what a lot of people kind of have to deal with where it's like you're part of this, you know, she she even like she said, she, she, it's a privilege for her to be in that school. Yeah. So she already kind of feels like, you know, she's in that kind of imposter syndrome a, yeah. a little bit, but then also is encouraged to integrate and to to, to, to to socialize with these white people who just don't get it. Yeah. Like I feel I get she really she articulated that very well. I understand her frustration and I just feel like she just needs to cut them off. Yeah. They should not have they should not be on her social media at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is the thing. Um, drama school is one of the, like the wildest places, um, and just performing arts school generally is one of the wildest places. Um, that's why I don't always loud it up about Brit school and all of them things because when I look back on it and I just look at the people that were promoted and the people who were celebrated and them things, it just wasn't equal. It just wasn't equal, and and the the, the opportunities weren't really equal for all, and the, just the treatment from some of the teachers. There was one guy in particular that I had as a drama t- teacher, top tier dickhead, top tier dickhead. I remember him saying in final year of Brit school to me saying, um, Kanechi, um, I've observed you throughout the year and I would suggest that maybe you just go to a normal university because you don't seem to like other actors. And, you know, in this field, you have to really mingle and shingle. It's you, it's your father that will have shingle, you prick. Fuck off. Fuck off. You know, so it, it, it and I did end up just going to um, a standard university and not going to uh, drama school but I'm kind of glad that I didn't follow up and go to drama school because then I got to have different experiences and stuff but it's it's really they really attack blackness in these spaces in wild ways and um it just yeah it, it's a lot but first thing you're 19 years old baby girl keep all of your joy do not let these motherfuckers get to you in the way that they're getting to you like all of the points you raised are so valid and i totally totally get it and you're out here like trying to represent the thing speaking out where you need to speak out by being the black officer and everything else and um within your um you know your space and your educational space but don't let them come and try and run you mad because that's all they know to try to run somebody mad this charleston dance that he's talking about that your teacher's talking about i when it comes to whitewashing white white people are so great at it when it comes to talking about music and dance history they'll create an alternative history and they'll just want to do what they're doing um he says here that black people aren't any more or less rhythmic than white people you know um <laughs> he said that as a white person right <laughs> show us some moves then sure, go on then shooky for me then <laughs> Shook, do like, it right do now do it <laughs> F1 leg 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 hey. <laughs> literally I just said shooky I would say that, yeah, maybe you can argue maybe, I don't know, biologically somehow that, yeah, we we all have the ability to dance. We all have the ability to potentially hear rhythm. What we are seeing playing out, though isn't quite that way and i think again it's what you're socialized into and the kind of music that you end up interacting with interacting with but also history resides in our bodies yeah history resides in our bodies and when i see um you know certain black people dance they are dancing out history they are dancing out everything they're dancing out lineage whenever i see white people copying all I see is you trying to catch up with the one and the twos. Like, I'm so... It looks silly. It just looks horrendous. When I... I'm really sorry. Like, there are certain girls that I see when they even try to dance the uh, dance hall. When I see them try to dance the Afro beats and things like that, I'm just like, it doesn't look right Mm -hmm. to me. Watching you doesn't look right because the soul factor is soul. And, and I'm not feeling it coming through right now. All you're treating it as is a set of moves and a five and six and seven and eight. No, no, there's so much more to it. And if you're, if you can't just catch it, then don't, when I see like, there's that white girl that, that people have like dubbed over. You just just hear squeaks when she's dancing in like some kind of African town. And she's got all of these black children gathered around her, white girl. And it even looks like she's got braids or locks or something. And then she's trying to dance the Afro beats. And I can see that she really feels like she's doing bits, Mm. 
But you, you can see from like the little black children's faces like, surrounding her, like, what, what is, is she this? Doing and why were we gathered for this purpose? Right. And even when it is, sometimes, let's give it to you, even when it is good, even yeah. when it does look all right, it's too technical. But that's literally it's what I'm saying. Too, it's just never. There's how, no soul to it. Right. Like, that's for me, that's right. it. Like, I've seen you guys try and I've seen you. Yeah, technically do it well, yeah, right. but it just feels soulless to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I see them talking about and and honestly, on this point that you've made, baby girl, I really have to call out like the whole dance hall industry, you know. Um, and you know, I have friends that um, you know, are white and they teach dance hall and them things, and that doesn't change my views. I'm really, really sorry. Like Jamaica, for instance, has made an industry and they had to out of the, the fact that these white girls were coming over and wanted to have a Jamaican experience. They wanted a Jamaican experience, and so they were now being taught dance hall. But in true white people fashion, they now try to colonize that very thing and then decide on levels and give each other certificates like oh this is this dance hall move and this is a female move and this is a ma- these are female steps these are male steps these are this this is that and this is how we do this and this is how we do that and you will not come and dictate here you colonizer about how anything is done i don't see black people have you never asked yourself why it's why black people aren't going to these dance hall classes and these dance hall courses in jamaica and everything because they're just dancing but you guys have to colonize you have to try to like obliterate any nuance that there is in anything by handing out certificates try to do it the same thing with twerk oh i'm handing out twerk certificates twerk certificates for what for what you can either shake that booty or you can't baby and it's really that simple stop forcing it and so i understand the um the uh need or the necessity for jamaica to have created um you know, um, an industry out of people wanting to come over there and learn dance hall. They were even like, oh, I've got to buy special leggings when I do the dance hall moves. What? So it can make you appear to be moving. Right. So you want the c- patterns and the colours to, <laughs> to fool me <laughs> into believing. You can dance because... <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> there is no type of psychedelic legging that will make me believe that you're landing on the beat. There is none. No way. None. And, you know, it just really gets me because, again, they just tried this whole elitist thing. Once they get something and they're calling themselves dance hall queen, this dance hall queen, that. You're not dance hall queen anything. You know, you're not. You're Irena from Prague. <laughs> keep keep it buck. Simple. Keep it buck. Yeah. So I totally get you. And I don't I don't know about the. I'm just saying that for me, when it comes to rhythm and it comes to all of that, it's it's we're talking about histories. We're talking about legacies. We're talking about lineage. Um, if I put science out of it, that's what we're talking about. And them people, them just don't have it like we do because it's a different set of music. It's a different history altogether. Like, and if you want to, to partake in this, you have to understand that you're a guest. There's no point where you'll be telling me how anything is ever done. Yes, you will never be a host. No, no. And so, um, you know, you even, we already have to question the, um, the uh, worth of your teacher when they're talking about, oh, they don't think minstrel shows were mocking oh, black people. that was the worst people. part for me. That was the worst So part. now you're trying to re- rewrite history. In front of your face. And to make matters worse, there was, uh, there's a plethora of, like, information. Yes, around minstrelsy shows and how they were happening in the east coast west coast they were there's so much and he just he just literally just chose to just write it off and said oh they were showing appreciation so you were showing appreciation for us but we weren't even allowed to come and see this appreciation (laughs) (laughs) we were not even allowed to come and see the the appreciation in the shows but you it's us that you were 
that for me, she could have just said that as that was the main issue, and that would have been enough for me because yeah. I think that was that's the worst out of the three out of the bunch. Honestly, that's the worst part of it. Wow. And he's he's probably he's he probably does some blackface in these beds. I really believe so. Yeah. I think so. I think he's done a couple minstrel shows. I think your oh, teacher's done a couple right. minstrel shows himself with his white brethren, um, and they've had a good old kiki about it, and and that's what's bothering him. Like that you're saying all of this, yeah, and um, going off on uh, going to the um, African American accents. Why are all your teachers mad? Why are they trying to all lives matter everything? What what the hell are they talking what about? Is an African, just really quickly because she didn't mention as well. What is the? I mean. What, what are we classing as the African-American accent? Okay, so if I was going to an audition and they were like, collect you, we want you to do a standard American accent. So let's say that the phrase is, and I walked the dog to the park. I would say, I guess, um, and I walked the dog to the park. And I guess if I was going to do an African-American accent, I would say, and I walked the dog to the park. Right. I mean, it depends on who's listening, though. Do you get what I mean? Because what is, I, I got the difference. And I walk. And I walked the dog to the park. And I walked the dog to the park. That's one. But I would use that standard American accent if and if and I have if I had to do an African American right. accent. Which is why I'm quite But I think that maybe there might be because like you urban, know maybe ac- urban accents what they're talking about, maybe. What like yo, 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 what yeah, up, what I up? Mean, nah, if, if the teacher ever tried that, they'd need to get got. But, but I'm I- scared that that's what they <laughs> meant. That somehow an African American accent would have something to do with hip hop. Let me be honest, I as a black person, I have this thing. I think we all have this thing where if we heard someone on the radio or heard a podcast we'd be able to kind of tell if they were black yes because you know you just have that yeah you have yeah but that's unique to 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 london yeah as well that's unique to certain parts of america but there isn't one way there isn't one accent that you can that you can put down to a black accent no or an african-american and if you're trying to reduce it to that you're going to do something very problematic and that's why instantly you were like well they're going to try and do a slave accent that's what they would say that this is what you to us in our minds this is what you all sound like exactly even though you know we don't know where you've come to that conclusion from it's 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 a mad one so that's wild to me and I, or any white person that signed up to even want to take the course in the first place is also mad i would put them all in the room i said yeah <laughs> I'd everyone signed up let's all get in the room and then i'll literally that's when you that's when you deal with everyone that is when you deal with everyone you take pictures and you put on social media say all of these people signed up with an african-american <laughs> accent the boys class let you know and then as for the um, white person, that, uh, the other student that came to come and write on, um, comment on what you wrote, that's just peak white fragility. Uh, we all take cultures from each other. Do we all profit from it? You little pomplex. Do we all profit from it? Because we don't profit from, and there's a difference between appropriation and assimilation. We had to assimilate as a way of survival. So if there was anything that you feel that we took from you, straggly bagly, we only took it as a mode of survival. Everything that you've taken has been out of pure, just, I just want it. I'm out of pure entitlement. I just want it. I can have it if I want to. He looks nice on me, even though it doesn't end. Your hairline is stressed, but but you know you just you just want it, and so you feel that you can have it, and that is part of the wildness of this whole situation. So we don't all take cultures from each other. I can get from an anthropological perspective that you say that how we've all progressed as people is from you know sharing and things like that. But there's a difference between sharing and just um, dominating and oppressing, and that is what we've actually been seeing play out when we're talking about whiteness specifically. Because even when we look at something as beautiful and then 
enriched as um, what we call African print clothes. The, you know, those are usual. The, the, that was from in, Indonesia, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, originally. France, yes, okay. and 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 uh, no, printed in France. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and um, the prints were initially, I think, Indonesian. And that was a cohesive kind of um, historical, I would say, collaboration. And we came up with these things. And obviously we had our own indigenous kind of prints that we were doing already. And so all of that has come to be what we now have. And we love it. And it's part of our identity. That is very different to now all of that's happened and a white person comes in and go, I'm going to make a whole collection, I don't know, for fucking Louis Vuitton out of all of this material and not pay homage to how we got here in the first place. You know, that's, that's erasure. And that is what the Kardashians, for instance, are very good at doing. And them saying, oh, um, well, you know, to say that making these sweeping statements and saying that white people and hate breeds hate, shut up, shut up. You, whatever hate you're getting it is what it is and you're not going to c- come and tone police someone on their page when they're feeling um, the grief and they're mourning someone another black person that's been killed and you just want to come and make it about you and your white personhood it's the same as Heidi fucking Klum and Madonna all of them have been moving white people have been moving mad during this time especially around this whole conversation about um, around George Floyd because how are you coming on the um, internet talking about hashtag all lives matter? Did you, you have black children, all of you white women, you have black children and this is still how you're behaving. That tells me that you've learned nothing that to enrich them or to even equip them to deal with life outside because you're so blind to, you're so dedicated to saying, I don't see color. I don't see color. So how can you see their experience? And this is why, again, if someone asked you, would you be black for a day? You would never be. You'd never give up. You as a white mother to these children, to these black children, you would never give up being a white woman to be in their shoes. And that should tell you everything you need to know and why you should not be hashtagging all lives matter and why you should not be getting your child to um, to moonwalk in the kitchen for your, <laughs> for, your entertainment. <laughs> for your entertainment. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't even think Madonna could make a situation that bad any worse. She managed to. She's extremely video. talented. She's, she is extremely talented. I, 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 she's also really good at making things about her. Yes. Which is also quite... Sh- which is also a, a, a white thing, you know, mm-hmm. to, to look at a situation and go, hmm, how can this be about me? And I think that even in that situation when we all saw the danger, the potential danger that Christian Cooper could, be, could have been in because of that call that Amy was going to make... White people were still like, yeah, but she's a white woman, you know, being, no, she's a woman being filmed by a man. Yeah, she ha- he has to film. He has to film because we know that when white women say things, black people can die at the hands of white, white, you know, what white women have said. Exactly, and it's strange that the George Floyd situation happened days after that because in my head, that was pretty much the outcome of what would have happened with the Amy Cooper situation if he didn't yeah. have that camera. yes. Even if he did, there was a camera exactly. in the George yeah, Floyd see, situation. So there it goes. It there's, just so happened all... that he left the scene before the police came and she had left the scene also before the police came, but she made the call. Yes. There's no coincidence about the two events. I'm sorry. And and even with the George Floyd situation, you thought he wrote a bad check. What, is that enough for somebody? And again... And the check wasn't even bad. And the check wasn't even bad. And then look at the people that... Was it non-black Arabs that went and re- re- reported him and called the police? So again, this is the issue. Don't tell me anything about POC, people of colour, people of colour, because you're anti-black as fuck. A lot of you are anti-black as fuck. And you only know POC, POC when you there's some kind of grant to, to apply for and you need the money or there's some kind of visibility um, or accreditation you'll get from being in that group that you claim it. But otherwise, you're anti-black as fuck. And that is part of the problem. So... 
Well, I guess that's it. We've talked all of the things. We got into some things, didn't we? I'm glad you came on the show, though. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming. And I hope that you come back because I know that you like to hide. I will. But be nice to me, guys, okay? No, they will be. They'll they'll be (laughs) lovely to you. It's great having a new energy on the show. So um, what's your social media? It's Sadiqo J-N, S-A-D-I-Q-O-J-N. That's both for Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So you can follow... Sadiq there and well that's it from me like I said big up Skillshare who sponsored this episode if you want to go and get two months free on your membership you can go to skillshare.com forward slash straws and go and just learn a new you know a new thing if you want to only if you want to and you've got the capacity to if you need something to take your mind off all of this higgy haggar you know there are there are numerous like little videos that you can watch and tutorials uh, that you might be interested in but yeah ultimately that's it that is it. My throat is dry and I have tried and it's been wonderful discussing all of these bits uh, with you all. Like, um, as you know, I even forgot to say, we also know that everyone that's been mentioned in the um, straw of the week deserves a straw so they can all go and suck their mothers. That's everybody who decided to call police on black people. Um, those people who are trying to justify this behavior, talking about, oh, well, black people, the way that we combat racism is to just respect ourselves and care for ourselves first. And all of the hot takes that all of you men are coming with all of you can shut the fuck up uh donald trump can suck his mother um the labor of the the leader of the labor party he can suck his mother by thinking that we're going to forget the fact that he said that we should um accelerate um getting um people convicted who were part of the riots and looting and everything when we had the riots over here he did say that and now he's trying to do up oh let's stand in solid solid uh, solidarity with george floyd's family you're a liar and you're a vagabond so, you know, every all of them can suck their mothers uh, through a straw that, um, you know, of, of previous looting days, I would say. But that's pretty much it. I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. You can follow me on at Kalechi Nakaf or at Say Your Mind Pod. If you want to write into the show, it's SYM at Kalechi com, And that is that. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sippy, yo Hard time scrolling for your long trots You might learn something you never know Collect you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind